Hey, Lights, Camera, Barstool listeners, you can find us every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. For us, golf is simple. It's a chance to get out and have some fun with our friends. But inevitably, little things have a way of ruining it. The group ahead is taking forever. You can't find the fairway with a map. And the Bev cart is nowhere to be found. And the best way to make a bad day better is Fireball Whiskey. You get their nips, the little shooters. They are great. Makes a bad day way, way, way better. Make sure to grab the new Fireball Birdie Shot Club. It's literally a golf club filled with Fireball nips. Put it in your bag. It'll fit right in that side pocket. Drink Fireball nips and have a great time on the golf course. It's Camera Bars Club, so 300. That's that's 300. We've done 300 of these. Actually, technically more. Real dumps. It's technically more than 300, but it's 300. So shout out to anyone who's listened to all 300 of these things. You you basically know us like you like like we're your friends. So thanks for supporting the podcast. Also go to movierankings.net. Some updates coming to that soon. We've been in a holding pattern. Can't talk about that, but it's good. That's that's what I'll say on that. Buy some Mandalorian stuff. That's in the link below. Uh, what's happening other than that? Gentlemen, this is to be, by the way, normal episode. We're just going to do Lord of the Rings. That's basically the yeah. only difference. Yeah. That's How special many part. podcasts must a man record <laughs> before you call him a man? And how many dick jokes must one make? Oh, he fucked up. Anyway, <laughs> it's, it's almost like we're uh, is blowing in the wind. It's almost like we're doing Mister. Uh, now I forgot the name of the actual number. It's not Mister Three Hundred. The the fucking baseball <laughs> movie. What's the number? Mister Three Thousand. Mister Three Thousand. We're doing that because we don't actually know how many. How it's many? Just, it's just it's one man coming got. back to the major leagues trying to get to the arbitrary level of three hundred hits. I thought it was home runs for a second because the, the three hundred <laughs> number really got stuck in my head. He gets three hundred. He gets three hundred and he goes to first. He like tips his cap and they're like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "At three hundred. Three hundred. Yeah. Now is that, is that not the number? number? Just moved <laughs> up to number two hundred and seventy on the all time home runs list. What was the record for most hits in a year? It didn't Ichiro get it, wasn't it like two hundred and sixty? I think it was like two hundred and sixty. It's something. either Ichiro or someone from like nineteen oh one. No, I'm pretty sure Ichiro broke singles. It. Joe White Flat Top <laughs> Berriman hit three hundred. Gaudy Joe. Yeah. Um <laughs> 
Yeah, well, it, this is this this guy plays four Ichiro, seasons in the two sixty two in two thousand four. Good call, Tro. I remember that Yan- man. Yankees great Ichiro Suzuki. <laughs> I loved Ichiro. What Who's happened the to only Hank other Conger? person? I that guy. The only other time it happened happened in two thousand one. Who was it? The that only other time many, what what that hit the only other hits? time someone some the only other time someone only other time someone in the from the two thousands is in the top ten for most hits in one season. And it was two thousand one. You said yeah. This person did it in two thousand one. Two hundred forty two oh, hits dude, that it was, year. It was Ichiro. Yeah, it was Ichiro. <laughs> <laughs> After that, yeah, it's Darren Darren Erstad though. Yeah, because that that was the that was Ichiro's thing. Like Ichiro just had an amazing. Uh, Everyone always told that story. Like they were surprised when uh, it was like, well, I went to go see Ichiro take batting practice and he was dinging like 375, you know, foot home runs and he's not mm-hmm. a big home run hitter. It's like, yeah. Cause he, he likes to get on base. Yeah. Billy bean voice. I'll never forget. Why my, does he do it? My, my, on base. Uh, my assistant little league coach. Um, I think probably the first time I ever heard this, this phrase called him a flash in the pan. He's like, he's Ichiro? Not really, he's like, is this, this is like his, his rookie season when he was like, he was obviously like a legitimately a, a, a future Hall of Famer. And, and he was also and like I, 20, 28 years old. Yeah, at the time yeah, yeah. Too. Like, we had a, I had a, one of my teammates like, pick, did something because of Ichiro. And he goes, he's not going to be that great. He like, that's just a one year thing, a flash in the pan. He wasn't right. How many years did he play in Boy the uh, MLB? Because he oh, played like, what, 20 years? He only recently retired. I know, like what, two seven, years ago? And he's still years. hitting a lot? Yeah, 17, it's, 17-ish, 18-ish. Yeah, it has to be around there. It could have been, but it's definitely just just short of 20. Nothing sadder than seeing Ichiro on that Marlins jersey. Yeah. No, thanks. Even the Yankees jersey, yeah. you're like, ah, uh, because you know, he's like that classic washed-up player who's on the Yankees. Yeah, but the yeah, Yankees. Oh, yeah, we love those guys, Johnson. though. Lance yeah. Berkman, I remember, that's a guy that stands at my brain immediately. Not that he was ever like an all-time player, but I remember when Lance Berkman got pinstripes and uh, – What's his name? Not Sandoval. Who's the Abanez? When Abanez put on the pinstripes, too, what a year. He played for 27 seasons, if you count. I mean, you obviously do count if you date back to his his time on the uh, Oryx Buffaloes, back then the Blue Wave. I wonder how long it's going to be till all of our uh, sports teams are just named after corporations. (laughs) That's how they do do it in Japan and Korea. Korea is like the Samsung, uh, you know, wave or whatever. Kind of like Ooh. that. The Sam, the Samsung Galaxy folds. <laughs> the Samsung. The Samsung uh, I got. Hey, folks, uh, did, did remember when that Samsung exploded? Two things made me mad over the weekend. Neither of them the Browns. One of them you and I didn't touch on when we talked about Apple. I was watching some reviews for some Samsung phones. I, I, we didn't talk. The fact that that fucking notch is still there at the top of the iPhone is infuriating. What if the antenna notch? Yeah, the fact that they haven't done the whole punch camera thing like Samsung has. Oh, oh, you mean you mean the 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 uh, the bezel out for the, the camera? Bezel, you yeah. mean yeah? Okay. Yeah. The fact they haven't done like the whole punch camera like Samsung has in the front is so irritating. I I'm gonna be honest. I didn't think about that hard. What, but what did irritate me is um, I, I I just want a regular iPhone 12 Max. I don't need a Pro. Right, I, I, I don't right. need a yes. Pro Max, yes. but I want the Max size, and I'm gonna have to get the Pro. I don't um, need to be, I don't need the greatest camera in the world. I don't need nine cameras in the back of my phone. Like that's, I, I, it's, it's possible I have too good of a camera, especially if you take selfies because I look like shit. 
And I don't want to see like I don't want to see. I want too high def. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like the the all that. You just there's a there's a happy medium. What's like the biggest company in Indiana that would be the the the, the team name for the Colts? Uh, probably Eli Lilly. Steak and Shake. No, if, if I if I think about like the probably like if I think about the in like indiana companies in terms of just like defining indianapolis like eli Lilly, and just in terms of their place in the pharmaceutical far, folks more like pharmaceuticals for the way they jack up those drug prices but uh i, I would say that that's that's my opinion of probably the, the most uh important company there. i uh i looked it up what do you think is the fifth biggest employer by just employee number in all of indiana cummins no that's number one. Oh. Number five I is Purdue. Oh uh, yeah, that makes sense. I guess twenty-one thousand employees. I mean, you got big. You got that big statewide. All these schools got the big statewide system. They're on this list again too. They're also number eight. I don't know how. Who? I don't know. If there's Purdue's on this list twice. I'm not entirely I mean, sure how. Like, but so is Anthem Insurance. That's a pretty big employer. That's that's Anthem for a little bit. Very gigantic employer. Yeah, but I, I yeah. would say like Eli Lilly. It would be the Eli Lilly like. And the mascot would be a pill or something. That'd be kind of that'd be kind of dope. <laughs> just, just, I mean, I, I, I'm into that idea. Although, I mean, that that would require Indianapolis to get a pro baseball team. But uh, Speak, speaking of baseball, I'm I'm gonna we're starting this beginning of the Braves game, um, and I have a lot of respect for Atlanta sports because they're also very snake bitten, but they don't get the shine that like Cleveland gets or like mm-hmm. like Bills fans get, even like Philadelphia, even though. They have an absurdly long world championship drought, and the the Braves could just break their heart tonight. And I I know Atlanta fan I I I like Atlanta fans a lot. They're I think they're very funny. Like Atlanta sports Twitter is very funny and they're very self aware and their self deprecation it's great. They I know they have the same wavelength that I think. Where like they watched the Falcons win today and they were like, "Fuck, that's our win today," like that. Yep. Like that's our win. Like we did that was they couldn't win today because now the Braves can't win tonight. So I'm rooting for you. Sorry, Dodgers fans who are listening to this pod, but I'm rooting for my oh, yeah. our, our our Braves listeners. Why don't they get the same amount of shine? Because you're right in that they are very snake bitten. And I'm not sure if it's because their fans don't get as much shine. The like they're big. not as that the too. But too I think big. it I think it has something to do with the fans not being as outwardly ashamed of their team as I mean, sometimes the, the browns are or say even like maybe like not a bills but like other teams I, I, that well are. i just think when you have a when you have a shittier a shittier sports luck in a city that is smaller than like you know it's just smaller than atlanta like cleveland's not a small city right like you know cleveland's a city but like atlanta's pretty big it's a metropolis i mean like yeah. it's, it's metroplex or whatever you want to call it it's not like new york the metropolitan city, but, area is massive yeah, yeah. um I, I think people tend to just like they they look at something like uh, a Cleveland or Buffalo, which are you know comparatively uh, smaller and just kind of I don't know. They've had some Atlanta. good football teams, Michael Vick for a while. The Braves won the division like every year for a decade at least. Mm. So I just don't think though. But then like as much it's, as I hate the Browns, like I I don't know if I could actually stomach. And I I know I've said this in the pot a bunch. Like I've gotten to that point in life. Like true, we mentioned it. Like when your team wins a title you like stop caring outside of the zero to zero of the game clock. You're like, that's nah, over, whatever. But that Super Bowl loss like that, that's so much worse. than I think, well, oh, yeah. but, but even when oh, you think yeah. about it in, in terms of uh, wasn't, wasn't 
the the Georgia loss in the national championship to Alabama in <laughs> the same year? Like not not like maybe calendar year, but same like number of day years. I, I maybe I'm misremembering. Within right, 365, I think you're right. It would I mean, have been I, within 365. Uh, I, I just yeah, I it just, was within 365 because then that was the same postseason as the Eagles. Well, yes. Think about how many mm. people who, who who had the Super Bowl uh, happened to them that that went to UGA and then <laughs> then a year later almost got their hearts ripped out by Tua. Uh, I I would give up on sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's brutal, man. Yeah. It's tough. So I'm sh- shout out to our, our our listeners who are Atlanta fan. Embrace it. Game starts right now. Hopefully, the, when you're li- the by the time you're listening sports. to this, you're either in the World Series or you're not. So hopefully, this pod will give you something. <laughs> Do you remember that one uh, week or month that they gave Player of the of the Month? That's yeah, my in favorite thing w- in, the world. in NBA to all the members of the Haw- or of the uh, it, yeah, Hawks. It would be on my top five tonight. My top five things since 2017. If it but it was in 2015, so I can't do it. But yeah, when the Hawks it was won, incredible. And then the Cavs was, swept them into oblivion that year. And then did it again them. the next year. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, my God, that was amazing. Uh, my, the other thing I hate, the other thing I hate, I, I sent it to our group, is fucking Tall Pie. Food yeah, Network tweeted out the like Tall that. Pie. I didn't see that. Look at, look, at our, look at our group. I, I sent it. Food Network tweeted out this pie, and they tweeted it out. Can we have a moment for the tallest apple pie of all time? This is insane. It's oh, dude, not. That, that looks like a dot. It looks like it looks like it looks like That's, a giant yeah. piece of poop. It's a big butt plug. Mm-hmm. It's a big piece That's of what poop. I said. And then they cut it open, which it takes about it takes twenty whole seconds to cut it open, and the layers stink. Yeah. People keep saying it it's like a like bag of potato chips. Potatoes. Yeah. 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 Oh. That, that that this this pie sucks. This is one of the worst pies ever. And I hope his hand is getting better. But that's like a pie fucking cake boss would make. Mm-hmm. Cake boss pie. It's like my big butt plug pie. Yeah, that's that's one of those glory. Uh, the the remember the Greg Easterbrook Easterbrook columns where he used to call like NFL players glory boys because they like celebrated. They had the audacity to celebrate when they scored a <laughs> touchdown. That's like a glory pie. That's just that's not that's looking for attention on social media. It's not it's not developed to be an actual delicious pie. No, it does, it's it, social it, media buzz. It does remind me of that old something awful post that it's like, fellas, this is what pizza is supposed to look like. And it's just that shitty looking pizza. You I don't think that? I saw that one. Uh, Anna got to go find that one. Oh, no. I just ended up with on Report of the Week, which is even better. Report of the Week had a... Love that guy. There was a back and forth between him and Dame Drops. My, it was my, my food world colliding. Back, it, was, it was tough. Wait, like a back and forth? They got mad at each other? Um, report of the week commented on commented on sponsorships because Dame Drops is in a lot of commercials, Burger King commercials and shit. Yeah, yeah, but and he had a response. It wasn't directly to Dame. Some people called Dame insecure. It's it's they're fine, but it's tough because my lunch almost every day consists of a fifteen minute uh, watch quickly through of the report of the week running on empty uh, and Dame Drops. I've been watching for years. Uh, and so I got really worried. They hated each other for a minute, but it, it seems like they're fine. But Dame said, look, I'm getting the bag. I'm going to get the bag and I'm still going to give them bad reviews if they don't like the food. So people don't like that. You know, he's not into it. I, I, I like those videos even more now that I can't really eat fast food. Cause like, I'm, it's like, all right. Vicariously enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, if you like it, like, I guess I would have liked it. That's what I, I do now. Like mind. when my roommate was eating something before that was like, uh, I don't know, something sugar. And I was just watching him eat it. And I was like, yeah. 
looks good, doesn't it? <laughs> that sugar looks delicious. That chocolate is. Mm. Well, there was a good one tonight. I watched uh, watched um, binging with Babish. Well, I want to do some binging with Babish at some point. He he agreed to do something eventually, but then we never. I never really followed up on that. Uh, he made from a show of Steven Universe or whatever made a. Uh, French fr- in- French fries injected with ketchup. They're larger, crispy fries. Uh, and they had ketchup on the inside. Kind of like that. Yeah, I was a fan of that. <laughs> got to see all that. Oh, ooh, good food comment or good food note. I got um, uh, what's the big almond company? Uh, Blue Diamond. Blue Diamond chocolate dusted almonds. Holy shit, they are so good. They are incredible. They're the best almonds I think I've ever had in my life. The, the good crunch, not too sweet. Like, oh my god, I just I'm got them today. The They're amazing. Oh, come you're on, out on man. almonds. Uh, I'm, almonds I'm are out. great. I'm just out on almonds. Almonds. What about cashews? Th- every now and then, there's I'll have like be like, yeah, maybe get some raw almonds, and then I'll eat them. And just no, the way raw, the, you can't. The way the bite is though, I'm like, ah. no. See, I because I can't really do chocolate covered almonds are amazing. That's for sure. But like every now and then, I'll do a raw no, no. It's almond. not like chocolate coated. It's it's not like chocolate candy. It's not like candy almonds. It's like dusted, dusted yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, those no, are, I like, those are, are just candy feel. I just I, I don't know I, I I end up eating too many almonds I maybe I had too many almonds during the big almond fad of the last five years I just I I'm, I'm like I'm not saying they're bad I'm just not eating almonds anymore. Okay. Was, what about wasabi almonds or salt and vinegar almonds? I I, I prefer the salt and vinegar. I think the wasabi they're almonds so are. Yeah, I'd rather have the. Uh, I'd rather no, have the, the salt and vinegar like, ones. I mean, the salt and vinegar ones are good. Um, you like but burn I, your fucking roof of your mouth. I love it. Oh wait, the smokehouse ones. You ever oh, have those ones, dude? Oh. I've had all the all. I've had all the almonds, all the almonds that have ever ever been sold at Target by Blue Diamond <laughs> Corporation or brand or whatever. I uh, I've had them. You know, I had this weekend because like when I'm watching, I was at the office on Saturday watching football. Like I needed like a snack because I knew I was gonna start snacking on stuff. And I was like, well, I can get chocolate and shit. And that goes completely against my diet. Or I can get something that has chocolate that's maybe a little better for me. Not better, but like I can skate by. I did a uh, chocolate covered uh, rice cakes. That is the biggest. That's like the most fraud fucking thing ever. Because it's labeled as like a healthy way to have chocolate. Because it's like, oh, it's it's like a crunchy chocolate thing. But it's it's just a rice cake. I mean, it's just chocolate and a rice cake. There's like, would they, you, they you, really try to you, play it up. Just like the regular Quaker chocolate rice cakes? No, no, no. It's like a it's a rice coated? cake coated on the top, uh, a top layer of dark with chocolate like shell. Uh, and they're they're it's tasty. It's tasty, but it, like they really it's expensive and they really play it up. And you're like, I mean, this is just this is just what if what if it was like? Remember how we were? Uh, remember how we were talking about fudge stripe cookies? What if they did it like that, where it was like dipped in the bottom part had like a nice thicker chocolate shell, but then well, it that's essentially what it is. It's, it's just the, the, okay. Well, I thought like the whole cake, thing was coated. Okay. Oh no, right. yeah, just one side. Yeah, the rice cake right. doesn't have enough structural integrity to give you that good counterbalance from biting into the chocolate. Like when I when I bite into something that's chocolate coated, like I, I want a pretzel. I want the chocolate to be soft. I want the pretzel to be hard. Rice cake's kind of like semi soft. Semi hard or whatever you want to call it. I, I had um when I went away recently and I was like, all right, couple days, no diet. I had you know the pretzel thins, the, the they come in that the regular come in the blue package, yeah. the pretzel crisps, the really thin ones, they're flat. Yeah, yeah, Hummus with those. Those covered in dark chocolate are the best packaged dark chocolate or chocolate or pretzel I've ever had. Mm. Oh, it's the perfect ratio of pretzel to chocolate. Those are good. I've, I, 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 they were unbelievable. They were unbelievable. That was. I was alone at the place we were staying at for like an hour. It's like, I'll just sit outside on the patio here, hang out. I went through, I bought two bags. There was one bag and everyone got there. Those bags, that was ugly. That was a, that was a shameful moment, but they were delicious. So 
Fuck that it. sounds great. I uh I can't eat that anymore, fellas. So yeah. so what I what I snack That's a lot on of gluten. I, I get these uh these chickpeas, these sweetened chickpeas. Oh, They're, like the Ravel brand ones. Yeah. Bien? Bienna? Yeah. yeah Those yeah. are Ravel's chickpeas. Uh, okay, yeah. I get I get the Ravel chickpeas. I like them. What I, flavor? Good. I like the there's like a sugar. It's like um it's just like a, a sugary one. There's just no dis, distinct flavor. It's like just sweet. What? Uh I know. Like sugar I don't, you may not be eating the Ravel ones then, because they have like no, ranch. They have ranch, barbecue, regular. Then they have chocolate covered ones, and they have uh, sponsored by Girl Scout. Girl Scout mint covered ones. Hmm. Yeah, oh, we're in Girl Scout season two. I just you're realized break Ravel's hard if you're not doing. The- Damn. No, no, I'm I'm I'm, I'm getting the Biennas. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you these uh these these chickpea puffs. Oh, the puffs. Yeah. Okay, I I thought you meant the actual chickpea. Yeah, yeah. Okay, then, the puffs. Then it may have been. It actually may have been the honey roasted ones. Okay. Yeah, he swears by the puffs. Well, he also he also likes the bad ice cream. So like yeah, I, he does. I I mean, I I think the chickpeas are pretty good. They're not like, but also they're not exactly like a, a real light snack. If you look in the nutritional facts, like it's it's better than eating chips, but it's like. Chickpeas are still the, you still the, eat, eat a high volume of them to feel even remotely like you snacked on something. By the time you eat that many, it's it's the nutritional plus minus has been a bad ratio. The best snack food, healthier snack food I've found, popcorn, not their popcorn, cheese balls. You can have 140 cheese balls for 140 calories. What? It is to Barbara Corcoran. It's their air. They're made out of heirloom. It's Barbara Corcoran's product. It is. It's fucking witchcraft and wizardry. I don't know how it exists. It's incredible. Best find I've ever had with like a snack. And then the other thing is I mentioned on here before is the Nick's ice cream. It's like not real ice cream. It's the best healthy ice cream there is because a lot of those it's like smoke and mirrors and you're like, oh, this halo top is great. And then you eat it more and more and you're like, this is kind of ass. Like this isn't good. You just like the idea that it was healthier. Nick's ice cream is the fucking real deal. I don't know what it is. Somebody said that could be like the Seinfeld episode where they were just pulling the wool over your eyes. That could be the case with the Pipcorn and Nick's ice cream. But if you can get your hand on those and you're looking to eat something healthy but still good, folks, no free ads except for that whole free ad I just ran there. They're fucking amazing. That They're and amazing. Uh, in, enlightened ice cream I've had, is, Ooh, which is I very healthy. And I wait, but okay, but let me very much clarify. There's one flavor they have that's that's like peanut butter chocolate or something like. I think it's peanut butter chocolate or peanut butter chocolate cookie dough it is incredible the other ones i didn't so much care for but the one flavor was so good i got it like 10 times in a row when i went to supermarkets they have a movie night one it's like popcorn and chocolate i've never tried it but <laughs> oh i my my favorite healthy ice cream thing was on shark tank and this this i you have to close your company down if this happens they brought wink ice cream it was like 100 calorie the entire pint which sounds cool but when you think about it like there's no way that tastes good and every shark ate it was like oh if oh, you yeah, get that no, reaction from all dude. of them, you got you got to just you got to close shop. You got to be like, that's it. I, I also feel like eating a large volume of things that that it only gets you to 100 calories will also induce diarrhea somehow. I, I scientifically, <laughs> I don't know how to get there, but it's 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 basically like eating the foam that they use to spray on fires. Um, yeah, that, that's. I, I, if I'm gonna do ice cream, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna fucking bite the bullet and get some real ice cream. You know which one though. I don't. I mean, I, I can't. I can't go too fancy. I can't get anything with gluten in it. But I can. Yeah, I just get oh, plain yeah. Jane. I can just you know get some nice, nice strawberry ice cream. That's that's my favorite. Like nice strawberry. Um, I can't do the crazy Ben and Jerry's with like you know the cookie crunch or cookie dough or anything that would have wheat. 
products in it. Yeah. Bloody shame. Um, all right. Well, I guess we'll, we'll move on. Oh, I finished the boys. You like it? What do you think of this finale yeah, I, season two? I think it's fantastic. I think it's one of my favorite shows until, so the, good. until my new favorite show comes on. I don't know what that is yet, but uh, we actually have two uh, alum of Lord of the Rings in the boys and Carl Urban and F. John something. I forget his name, but he plays um, Denethor in Lord of the Rings. He plays Butcher's dad. Yeah, the the the, the funny part about the boys is it is. Um, I, I like I enjoyed I enjoyed the overall season. I don't know if I loved the way the season two ended because it did feel kind of like anticlimactic, even though some crazy shit did happen. And I don't know how to exactly explain that, but um you know, it set it up really well. They got that whole uh, that 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 uh, politician that's like basically supposed to be AOC. Oh no, it's an AOC stand-in. They said so. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I thought the twist with her at the end that that was that. I mean, obviously that was the big twist, and that kind of took me by surprise because they did a really. And I'm sorry if you didn't watch it, <laughs> just spoil the shit out of it. Um, and more spoilers here. The uh, they did a really good job of red herring, uh, the red herring mm-hmm. on the escaped uh, uh, for was it Glenn, whatever, Cindy. Yeah, they did a really, really good job on that because the whole time it's like, oh, you know, like Vaught's got Cindy just sitting outside popping people's heads. Uh, uh, that was incredible. I agree with you. The red herring part where like I had no fucking clue what was going on until that, that, that final reveal near the end of the final episode. I actually started reading the boys, I bought the first volume. It's fucking. I thought the boys was dirty. The fucking comic book. I sent you guys some screen caps of it. It is filthy. It is a filthy, filthy comic. And I people, love it. People on the Reddit say that the the show is better than the comic. I would say so, just based off the first volume. But I feel like there's so much more to read that, like, I can't just make that full body to comparison just yet. So I need to read more than first. Mm. Well, that's it for talking about good entertainment. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about some bad entertainment. Which is going to happen in a second. But first, this episode brought to you in part by 3Chi. That's right, 3Chi. 3, and then the uh, letters C-H-I, like, uh, like Chicago, as I always say. Uh, Delta 8, it's a federally legal version of THC, and that's what 3Chi is. And it's a perfect substitute for anyone using Delta 9 who want the same great feeling without the negative side effects. Delta 8 will have you feeling amazing, yet be functional and clear-headed instead of lazy and paranoid. Uh, it isn't just the best in Delta industry. They invented that shit, so they're very good at it. Uh, three Chiefs Delta is 100% hemp derived, federally legal, and available online at Three Chi, the number three, chi.com, uh, and at select retailers across the country. You must be 21 to purchase. Of all, the, they undersell it. They, they, they truly, I can't say mm-hmm. it enough. And that's almost, like a, that's almost like a warning. Believe the hype they're giving you. Believe the hype. It's, it's good stuff. Three Chi is, is the fucking real deal. Uh, ever like, Everyone at our company fucking uses it now, too. And that's like, I know a lot of these, I'm sure people may not believe all the time. We're always very genuine, but this one I can't hammer home enough. The real deal. Go to 3chi.com to shop for Delta 8 vapes, gummies, tinctures, and oils that can be used to make homemade edibles. Use code LIGHTS, L-I-G-H-T-S, at checkout to receive 5% off your order. If you make a tall pie, though, you're not allowed to buy it. That's the rules. Also, Cake Boss is not allowed to use our code either. Sorry, you're banned for life. Yeah, must be 21 to purchase. Three chi. Thank you, three chi. Uh, all right. Well, here's bad entertainment. We had to talk about this first. <laughs> Going straight to digital DVD on December 8th, starring Share, like like Share, like. If I could turn back time, if I could find a way. I would be a bobblehead in a movie. 
Three bobblehead figures must work with a new bobblehead, Deuce, who is brought home into the mix to oust intruder relatives from a family's home before they steal one of the bobbleheads. 25-year-old plot before. Mm. This is the movie, Bobbleheads the Movie. Because Playmobil, the lowest grossing movie in the history of cinema, apparently inspired them to say, hey, Playmobil, that was outdated. What should we do now? Oh, bobbleheads. Bobble the things more and more people are using. Not even the most popular version of that. It's like Funko, like which yeah. they're making. Yeah. Because bobbleheads itself is not a trademark, right? No. But the it's traditional bobblehead's not even the most popular bobblehead anymore. That's like making a video game movie out of Pong when like you could use like next gen consoles. It's like why why get why get a nice ceramic bobblehead that is an actual legit collector's item when you can get a fucking piece of plastic. <laughs> exactly, that rules. With, with tiny feet. Tiny very tiny, tiny feet, features. Big big cranial dome and some big eyes. Except and, for the Star Wars ones which are always different. Or if you're a really horny trucker, you could buy the Hawaiian luau bobblehead that bobbles at the waist, and you're like, "Yeah, there's my characterization." Every I time love I go to women, every time I go to Target, I go to look at the Funko Pops because I I gotta I gotta make sure there's still a Snoke there. Three of years, three years later, they still they're still they still have a Snoke skew sitting there in the Funko Pop section. They need someone to curate that. There needs, you know, how like Pepsi has regional distributors. They are like wheeling the Pepsi products, wearing the Pepsi shirts. Like Coke, Coke does it too. They need those people for Funko Pops. In like Bang Energy Girls for Funko. Yeah, just rotating the Funko Pops, just coming in from the Funko warehouse, like <laughs> just, just Funko representatives. In a Funko Ford F one fifty, it's just like a fucking giant head of like I don't know who someone like Billie Eilish just rolls up. So yeah, you want to try this new fucking Funko Pop? Look how cool this is. We got a new set. This one has Joji on it. You love so, that, right? Circle Circle K special edition of Snarf from the Thundercats. <laughs> People are lining up across the block, <laughs> just down the block for it. They're going crazy. Uh, it, the Funko it, boys are dancing like crazy, causing so, a scene. <laughs> this movie looks like absolute. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, just, I mean, just, this is this. I don't like. I don't. I can't believe they. I'd be. This is embarrassing. It's embarrassing. What point ceiling are we giving? What this? fucking kid is going to ask to watch this movie? This it, is for mom, kids. It's like um. I don't know what it. Like, what what's going to be the what's going to be the the moment of truth purchase decision for for anyone buying this for their kids where they're just like. We've watched every kid's movie during quarantine, and this is going to pop up on the the on-demand recommendations. And mm-hmm. I guarantee you most people are just going to look at that just on face value and be like, the way it's animated looks awful. But the, the, the bobbleheads bobbling, it's just it, – it's something that just looks maddening. It, it, mm-hmm. it absolutely is the this, this scraping of the scum at the bottom of the barrel – in terms of trying to come up with a, a kid's movie, because you're 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 literally just doing Toy Story, which is <laughs> probably like you know, uh, uh, copying off of something else. But then you do you're doing it with the, uh, you know, the bobbleheads, the things kids famously love. Right now, especially more kids than any other so time in history, bobbleheads. Kids love bobbleheads <laughs> because there's so much point of articulation on the bobbleheads. Uh, the kids just love to 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 watch the heads bobble. That's what I'm told. Folks, you know, they're they're saying that uh, bobblehead is actually sequel to Bob Loves Abishola. Uh, 
Uh, you can find it at your local adult store. The, the, the share, the, the share thing's funny because they they obviously were making this, and they're like, we 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 need something to sell this movie. Like there, there's with without we need something in here. There needs to be something, just just anything, like I, I, any any good person that you you like know of that that's gonna miss not getting jay leno somehow (laughs) i mean that would have been incredible she she was either duped into this or is related to somebody involved in this movie or just was paid or did you know it was an amount of money yeah two hundred thousand dollars a minute of work she could what it's going to be is i guarantee you she's going to record like maybe 15 seconds of dialogue over zoom and then they'll just use one of her pre-recorded songs you don't have to do any work on this one share don't worry we got it we're just gonna we're gonna take believe and and put it in the movie and that's gonna what if be she's not in it what if she's not even in it like they just used her song and then build her as being part of the cast <laughs> that would be a it's, big brain move it's actually Cher lloyd from uh <laughs> What was Cher Lloyd from? Like when's like British like uh, star thing? Fucking um, hold on. it's only Cher I know of besides Cher the Cher. X Factor, X Factor. Yeah, X Factor. That's 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 the other Cher. Cher um, Lloyd. I got nothing else in bobblehead the movie. I was that that stopped me in my tracks when that popped across on our on our notifications for tra- trailers. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I gotta tell you though, Sonny Bono must have been just a, just had had some swag and drip back in the, oh, the yeah. late sixties, early seventies. My name is Sonny Bono. Do you want to? You're the biggest star in the world, Cher. Do you want to be with me? Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm looking for a tall queen. <laughs> <laughs> just a short boy, want a tall queen. This song isn't even by Sonny Bono. Well, who says I, that? I, I loved. I mean, she was great in Mamma Mia too, though. I will say that. What a great moment! She shows up on the helicopter. She was fine. She may as well have just oh, fucking stop said, that. She, she may as well great. just said, "Hi, I'm Cher." <laughs> yeah, that's the best part. Like, <laughs> oh, grandma or what was she? Her aunt? She, yeah, she's like a grandma. I think. Yeah, she was Noel Streep's mom, which like fucking how? Yeah, grandma. No, nah, no Streep have to be within like five years of age. Grandma, just yeah, they should, I, I, mean, I that movie should would have won Best Picture if they'd have been like Share. <laughs> she pops <laughs> off the fucking helicopter and starts. My mom's it. actually Share. I just the, I I love Share. The reason I love Share is because uh, I just always remember she like you know those Time Life infomercials for like Time Life songs of the eighties, mm-hmm. five hundred classic songs that define the eighties. And Cher would always get the, you know, you'd always get the turn back time of her like on the aircraft yeah. carrier wearing the leather jacket and the bra, just iconic look. Uh, that 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 was cool. That was cool. I like I like Cher for that. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, legend Do in the game. But even life after love, what a great, not, what a banger. I invented auto tune. Didn't invent it. Certainly popularized <laughs> it. Was on the on the first tale of that. I did. She's not going to be able to to make people want to see this movie. Um, this, you know, like I feel bad shitting on it because it's really like tons of movies like this were released in normal years. I don't feel bad by. at all shitting on this. And yeah, I just I I but I don't think this is something like we wouldn't talk about if we actually had like real like if they're making John about, with yeah. John Wick four, like if we we're proceeding normally without a pandemic. 
this is what we get. This 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 is the hell. This is the the purgatory we're we're trapped in currently. It reminds me a lot of um, it was like the Little Red Riding Hood movies, like the, that was like the D tier animation studios, like the the Blue Light Studios before they really like kind of got better. I'm trying to think of a better there. I know what you're talking about. I think there's a better comp. I just can't think of it off the top of my head either. Yeah, like um, those those shitty. There, there's actually this one now that I've been watching with my daughter that like uh, God, I wish I, I wish I could. I'll, I'll find it. It's very weird because it takes a lot. Of, it has like a lot of 80s songs in it. And it's about like fairies and stuff. It's a very weird movie. Show never, or a movie? Yeah, it's a movie. I've never, I've never heard of it before I started watching. There's tons of these animated things get put out there. And I guess maybe they do make money. I, I, don't, I don't see bobbleheads making money. Mm, trying to think of... No, I Googled it, but nothing showed up. I'm sorry. That was too vague of a description. It's on you. Hope this makes zero dollars. Uh, the Empty Man is the next one. <laughs> Hold on. Let me get through the synopsis. Hold on. <laughs> I, I watched... I, the second this title came on my screen... Uh, <laughs> What is that from? You don't know that? Boing, 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 boing. Oh, okay, okay. No, never mind. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. The chorus got me there. Yeah, one of the one of the great hits of like 2005. I think I downloaded off of LimeWire, and it was like one of D4L I mean, bobblehead. And it was that like is D4L. a super 2005 or 2004 yeah. song. Like at is like right in there. Um, the Empty Man. After a group of teens from a small Midwestern town begin to mysteriously disappear, the locals believe it is the work of an urban legend known as the Empty Man. As a, ret- <laughs> as a retired cop investigates the struggles <laughs> to make sense of these stories, he discovers a secretive group and attempts to summon horrific mystical entity and soon his life and the lives of those close to him are in grave danger. I don't even know what I just read. Uh, Stephen Root is in it. <laughs> the best thing is how specific summoning the Empty Man is. <laughs> Right, like, you ever on a bridge? <laughs> you, you find a bottle on the bridge. Don't don't you fucking blow on it, or don't else, blow you know? and think about the empty man. There's like eight different steps for summoning the empty man. I guess it's a, it's a graphic novel. I don't know anything about it. It's from from Boom Studios. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's favorite. I'm so, I'm sorry if that's if people. Someone is a fr- is a fan. They're like. Fuck off, guys. I'm sorry. But, like, oh, it, you got... How is Joey King not in this? The Empty Man. The em- By the way, I watched her on Watch What Happens Live the other night with <laughs> Andy Cohen. Joey King? And she made a whole... She had a whole thing on. She didn't even like horror movies. She just likes being... Oh, there. shut like, up. She doesn't like watching shut them. Up. Like, like, you don't like watching them? <laughs> you're is. in a... That's all... You're in a she's hundred. Not, she's a fucking scream queen. She has to accept that role. Or, yeah. like, like, she should be proud of that. The the empty man is uh, is that's a title for a thing that we've made up before. And I yeah, know this this guys this has been a thing before, but this this another thing that stopped me in my tracks. I was like, this is a joke from our podcast. Jay Z voice. I'm not an empty man. I'm an empty man. Oh. <laughs> uh, Miles Teller's nickname. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> This, well, this uh, stinks. It, it could be it could be good, but it's just the the, the trailer is just what it, I don't know. It feels like 
that you, you remember that that whole like South Park episode they had about Family Guy, where it was like the dolphins were picking the balls to come up with like the cutaway gags or whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah, like, it, it, it feels like that. It was the Minority Manatees. Report rip. Yeah, and then uh, it feels like there's like this for like um, horror movie trailers where it's like come up with the 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 villain the 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 slasher how he's summoned and then you come up like you're either going to do a a small kid or some sort of creepy chant you got the creepy chant here it was like empty 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 man man, empty man what if what if that was just like what if your friend was just like you you were just in monday back at the office and you're just emptying out your body after the weekend and you just your buddy in the next stall was just chanting that while you're <laughs> he's chanting in the stall while it's closed yeah why why was he why, why is he the empty man though like what what's he, he's the empty bottles dude obviously duh did you even watch the trail <laughs> Empty man is in your head. Empty man is in your head. Empty Like Spoon Man. That's such a, this is, I'm surprised, number one, that this isn't Blumhouse. Although Blumhouse did just release their uh, whatever Blumhouse series of horror thing on Amazon, which I definitely want to check out. We're, we're, uh, we're going to talk about By the way, for those wondering, we will be doing The Trial of Chicago 7, and then we'll do Blumhouse Horror. But yeah, that, definitely excited to watch some of those. Um, but it seems like a Blumhouse thing. And again, I'm very surprised no Joey King involvement in this. But it does have the guy <laughs> that I think is from the from the Pacific, I think is the cop in this. But it's, I just I don't know. I just obviously the first thing that comes to mind when I read the title was the Bye Bye Man. Yep. And it looks like it's of a similar quality. I almost oh. kind of want to watch this. The Bye Bye Man was was a, was an unforgettable experience. It was incredible watching that for the first time was was just unforgettable. I just wish we could get back to to uh, people escaping facilities and just slashing. <laughs> Oh like, yeah, it, I feel like we've been riding this whole like summoning the bad guy wave for a while. And that's not a new thing, right? Like Candyman. No. <clears throat> uh, that you know, that was actually. I'm excited thing. for that though. Bloody Mary. Yeah, we, we got a Bloody Mary movie. There, right? there was a Bloody Mary movie, I think. I'm pretty sure a couple that years ago. That always freaked right? me. I was a kid. I bought in Bloody Mary big time. Never, never bought, did. Never it. tried it though. No, dude. Why? Why try it? Like, why do that? Yeah, why, why risk it, right? Yeah, why risk that? There's no point. Wouldn't no, even never, do it. Wouldn't even do it right now. No, I never did either. Which movies thought I was gonna made me think was gonna happen more often was like spin the bottle or seven minutes in heaven or any of that stuff. I thought that was gonna be a thing. It wasn't, unless I was just a fucking nerd ass bitch. She wasn't invited to those sort of things. Which I don't think I was. Probably now, was dude. Though. I mean, I I I kind of like I kind of get you know like I I went. I went to like high school parties, but like I never went to high school parties that like people just had cups out and were raging. It's like high school parties were like people had like a, a handle of vodka under the bathroom sink in someone's unfinished basement. Yeah, Partially I did that in bonfire basement. parties. Yeah, and we were just like going back, making sure nobody's parents came down to catch us, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Even though the parents obviously knew we were drinking. <laughs> um, yeah, you're just puking on their stairs. I don't think they know. No, dude, I, my metabolism was so good way back then. <laughs> I don't think I started puking until I was like 20, 
one. I did that once in my house in my basement. Uh, also very much unfinished basement. And my friend, my, I don't think my parents knew that we were doing anything downstairs, but my one friend came upstairs and passed out in my bathroom, my downstairs bathroom, which is the downstairs bathroom is always the worst bathroom compared to the upstairs bathroom in every household. But he, he passed out in the bathroom with his face on the floor next to the toilet bowl. Like it was, I can't even imagine how many germs went into his system through that. It was disgusting. Mm. Just a vile scene Oof. top to bottom. Um, this episode also brought to you in part by Rough and Rowdy. Order that this weekend. Barstool's own Rough and Rowdy invades West Virginia on October 23rd for Night of Knockouts, Unparalleled Chaos, live on pay per view. Order now and buy R N, the letter N, R.com to watch unpredictable amateur boxing. Uh, main events commentary from a great announcing team. Uh, and if you want a free chance at $25,000, free $25,000, get the Play Barstool app to make picks on six of the fights. Um, become a legend and you should just have that app anyway because you just it's fucking 15 20 seconds pick random shit you can win three or four times a week nfl pick them then on jenga you can hear me call jenga uh other cornhole ping pong and just it's if you lose it's literally nothing if you win you win a lot of money that's what i am legend was about all all the vampires were like you know that guy who comes around and kills us like he won this this app thing a while ago he like bet all six fights he won like 25k that's why he has all this tech yeah mm-hmm. it's sick um two quick notes here we actually not a lot of news mandalorian final look coming on monday uh mandalorian season three gonna start filming like right away in december so our reviews our recaps will be back next friday very pumped for that we may be oh, getting yeah. them early we, we might officially be full length press listed for mando stuff which would be nice uh, we're going to do like a, a recap video that we're going to drop beginning of next week. Very, very quick one. We're not going to do like a full, we're going to do like a, one of those five minute catch-ups. Uh, but yeah, we'll be doing our, our recaps, which I think, I think people might need them a little more this time because there's going to be a lot of characters where you may not have watched all the Clone Wars. You're going to want to know. So we're mm-hmm. going to, we're going to dive deep. I am so fucking amped for Mandalorian to come back. Um, it looks awesome. So we'll get we'll get a new a new trailer. I hope it. Do, I honestly, we're a week. We're almost a week away. I hope it shows nothing. I I actually don't. I didn't even really want a trailer, but I'll I'll accept the slop. I, I'll, I'll take the slop. I just yeah. But now we have it. to watch Cowboys Cardinals to see it. Yeah, but Kyler Murray's fun. Uh, yeah, they're gonna make a Kyler Murray Yoda comp. Fun? Almost guaranteed. By the way, they today during during Brown Steelers, the worst misuse of. Wait, what's that? I already forgot the meme. What's the what's the format? It's the it's the uh the four picture thing? Yeah, the before and then the after. It's the Oh the okay, yeah, it's just the before and the after, yeah. But yeah, where it started, how yeah, yeah. how it how started, going. how's it going? The how's it started was a picture of Big Ben in high school, and the how's it going was him lifting up the Super Bowl trophy in two thousand seven. <laughs> that was thirteen not, years ago. Not even two thousand ten? Hey, it's that's over a decade. We were watching, we were like, wait a second. That's, that's not how the meme works. And then they immediately did what on Tony Romo, and it was very clearly the right way to do it. Well, that's 13 years ago, which just use a picture of Big Ben now. He's still good. Why not even the more recent Super Bowl? I don't understand. Yeah. Well, that was the last one they won. No, they, they won They won 2000. 2010, right? Well, they won 2009 Cardinals? season, 2010. Versus 2008, excuse me, 2008. 2000. Oh, okay. I thought you meant. No, I thought he no, was the one before no, that. No, that was, was 2005 or something. Right? Excuse me. T- very uh, a point of clarification here. It was the uh, 2005 uh, season, the 2016 Super Bowl, uh, because the next year, oh, the, 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 
What? Uh, 22,006. Oh, oh, no. Oh, fuck. Uh, yeah, they Brinton won the, oh, they won the 08. They won the 08-09 Super Bowl. Yeah, I thought it was the 2010 because of the Paul. The NFL cover. seasoning called there. The way they oh. label their seasoning is fucked. They lost in 2010 to the Packers, right? Was that they won it? the 28, 2008 Super Bowl, which took place in 2009. Yeah. No, I know how that works. Cause this is, that's like a major sticking point in trivia. The NFL makes that so fucked. Yeah. I hate that. Or it's like, that. uh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. They won the game was played. No, nine, but it's the 08 season. Yeah. Sad. Just and that's the one good thing MLB does. The whole season's in, in one year. I know the other leagues mm-hmm. do too, but the MLB it's so easy to figure out. Can, can I can I just rant about that that Steelers Super Bowl win? I'm sorry Which if you're one? a Steelers fan. The, the one the one where people talk about the James Harrison touchdown return like is the greatest play they've ever seen. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it is one of the greatest plays, and I hate I fucking it was hate it. I hate this. No, it was fine. Oh. Ninety-nine yard reception, that's interception a, return. That's an insane opinion. That's your, insane. Name name five plays that's better than that play. Name, name five. Inter, name steam five. The, the craziest thing about that game, that. Hall of Famer Coley yeah, Mick becoming made. the Joker. Yeah, Coley brought up the best point when the NFL did their one hundred years thing and they counted down, and then three <laughs> plays from that game were in the top ten all time. It was like. Uh, it was either three or San, two. What, Santonio? It was Santonio, something with Larry Fitzgerald. That might not have been in the top ten. Regardless, it was either two plays or three plays in the top 100 plays, and then the game wasn't number one. Like, two of the plays were in the top ten. Like, that should automatically make the game number one. Like, that game is now the number one game. Two mm-hmm. of the greatest plays ever. That's the – just call it the best game. Don't You don't have to flex that you're old that enough was. to remember the catch. Like, that's the best game. And it probably was. And Bruce Springsteen, Bruce Springsteen slid and hit his crotch into the camera. So you want to talk overrated? The catch, true. That that take I would have accepted. I think the catch, the the the, the, the the Dwight Clark catch. The the, the catch was a moment thing. That then then that became that was another part of the hundred years thing. It was like it's is it are we doing moment or play? Because they're two those are two very different things. True. Two very different things. Um. All right. What's next? Don't look up. Adam McKay cast finalized. It's going to be on Netflix. A pair of astronomers try to warn everyone on Earth that a giant meteorite will destroy the planet in six months. Leo, Timothy Chalamet, Jennifer Lawrence, Kate Blanchett, Meryl Streep, Jonah Hill, Ariana Grande, Himesh Patel, Kid Cudi, uh, and Matthew Matthew Perry. motherfucking Ooh, Perry, baby. Matthew Perry from the whole not, ten yards. Could I be? <laughs> any more excited (laughs) (laughs) from the whole 10 the whole yards universe amanda pete was in those movies too what happened to amanda pete i don't know i miss her though well, I always associate her with Zach Brown. Oh, speaking of the why. whole nine and the whole ten yards did you see bruce willis did a disgusting diehard commercial for like auto trader uh, no. I think his, he's making his money anyway. I think Bruce. he owes a lot of money to someone because he just he rattles off shitty movie after shitty movie with no sign of stopping. French, uh, let me just French can I just rant Bruce about Willis. Bruce Willis real quick? Sure. The, the the thing that sucks about going bald, like eventually getting to the point where I have to shave your hair, is people are like, yeah, you could just do it like Bruce Willis, and you're not going to look like Bruce Willis. <laughs> He like the head shape is so vital in yes. being able to shave your head and look good. And like he's his got, head is small. He's got a head for it. He's got the perfect like him and Jason Statham had the perfect head shape and yes. like chin, just just facial structure. You just can't do that. You end up looking like the penis man. That's what I look like. 
you need you just need, you need a very I think a certain type of head in order to pull it off just right. Like um, who's the Dutch player? Arjen Robin, right? The I think there's like a Dutch striker. Yeah, Robin, he had like a, yeah, yeah. He had like that shaved head, and his head just it fit. Mm-hmm. It fit the bald he look. He had a and very like good part, shaved head. Yeah, I, I was like um, Zidane, man. Zinedine Zidane. I don't know. <laughs> great bald head. Actually, uh, in, in where I'm from, we say the last name first. Okay. <laughs> and then you mix them up. You, you, you interchange letters. Even Matarazzi's rib cage. It's just how we do it. <laughs> well, that's that's a great championship moment. Moder- er, Zidane fucking caving in Matarazzi's chest. For yeah, shit talking him. That was, what a great moment. Yeah. That was actually one of the most fun times I've ever had watching sports because I could, you know, I was like young enough to like be like, what the fuck is happening? Mm-hmm. That was a great World Cup in general. I love that one. That was a lot of fun. It's back when ESPN put Dave O'Brien on the call. They're like, let's let's put a super American on the call to, to make people feel. I remember when, when Fox initially got the World Cup, they tested some things out like Gus Johnson doing soccer, which is just the worst. And they also had like a clippy version of a soccer ball that was like explaining soccer to people. Like, <laughs> guys, it's soccer. I mean, like, it's uh, it's not a new sport. It's soccer. Soccer I, version of Cletus the robot. That's essentially what it was. It was like Clippy, the soccer ball. It was like that's that's what they wanted to do. Dennis Miller on the call here for uh, USA versus Ghana. Dennis Miller. Oh, let me tell you, uh, Descart once said, uh, there's not enough to have a good mind. The main thing is to use it well. And that's what I'm saying about this O'Brien guy here. He just got headbutted by an Australian. Should, should, no, I, should, I, should I, before we go into the review, should I pull up I a haven't seen Dennis any Miller? chances go out the window like this since the defenestration of Prague. Of Prague. <laughs> what a, yeah, but please put the Dennis Miller Monday Night Football or whatever it was, that clip in. Yeah, that, so funny. There's so many of them. I forget who was ghosting with him. He's just watching him. He's like looking at him like, dude, do you know who you're speaking to right now? Like, no one understands what the fuck you're saying. I want him back, though. At least, be, I at least think there should be like a, on ESPN two when they do Monday Night Football, there should be a Dennis Miller cam, or just him in a room commenting on the game. <laughs> he's like on hold constantly. They don't tell him if he's on air or not. Like, just keep talking. We'll, we, we'll talk. we, what I would love is like I'm surprised. I would just love like Norm McDonald if he just sat on a live stream just commenting on games. <laughs> like years ago, you should just tweet out golf matches as they happened. I would tune in to watch Norm Macdonald dryly narrate something. I'd tune in to watch him narrate or anything, really, or talk about anything. He's just fucking hilarious. I was watching some of his old YouTube compilations the uh, the other day. Man, dude, what a fucking, what a treasure. But uh, he's Canadian, right? Or is he American? I don't remember. No, I'm pretty sure he's Canadian. Yeah. Well, either way, what a treasure. That dude is. Folks, don't look up. I thought this was Bill Clinton's autobiography. This movie sounds like it's going to be a little bit of a farce, right? Mm, it's going to be so McKay and well, Leo, obviously, but McKay and Leo, I think, are both very big on global warming, um, just like as a cause in general. And I think that this is going to be a metaphor mostly for that because it's all about scientists trying to tell the world, hey, there's a fucking asteroid coming that's going to destroy the earth and all mankind as we know it. And everyone's just going to say, oh, well, we don't believe you. Well, we don't think that's <laughs> yeah. true, regardless of whatever science is behind it. So I think that's going to be it's going to be their vehicle to kind of, I think, sort of talk about that. Well, the thing, yeah, the farce is going to be in the reactions. Uh, maybe farce is the wrong word, but it's going to be like probably a dark comedy, right? That's what they're Sorry. describing it as. I'm assuming. 
yeah. I think there's a lot of material there. I agree. It's a deep impact, but a deeper meaning, folks. I do. I do think if if scientists figured out the the comet was good, coming to to hit the Earth, they wouldn't tell anybody. Just absolutely keep not. Everybody just like you know, kind of. <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why cause more damage on top of whatever's going to happen? Or maybe there's somebody, one, one, what was that one Twitter account? Rogue White House or whatever. <laughs> Just tweets that, tweets it out. It's so, like, yeah, somebody's going to die anyway. It takes me no pleasure to report this, but uh, I learned that there's a, a meteorite coming. Yeah. Yeah, I, someone would leak it. I don't know. I don't even like to think. What was that one movie where it was Steve Carell and Kira Knightley? It was all about like a. Pirates Shit, of the Caribbean. Know, ma- of Pirates, of the, pi- Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> no. God, no. I think it was making a friend before the end of the world or something, but that movie was, that was a harsh one. The Corellian. Pirates of the Caribbean. It's like the Caribbean, but Corell. <laughs> boo. <laughs> Big time boo on that. Stagnati's Revenge. I'm person Mike. <laughs> All right. You want to talk about Lord of the Rings? <laughs> yes. Let's do it. That's not what it is. Remember, that was a great time in LCB history when we used to uh, tease that we were going to talk about Lord of the Rings with the full theme song. Oh, Game of and then Thrones. Never talk, sorry, Game of, Th- Game of Thrones and then not play it and then oh, not it. talk about it at all. It was it was during that like that stretch where if you looked at the top of all the Apple charts, yeah, <laughs> I will just never get it. I mean, it's just one of the funniest moments in time for me. That cultural <laughs> moment of everybody wanting to talk about Game of Thrones, <laughs> just dying for Game of Thrones content, but the content sucked so much ass. Mm. Yep. <laughs> Here, I'll give. I'll, I'll, I couldn't get a good Dennis Miller, but I'll, I'll give you one to laugh at. Okay. I'll give oh, you let's do one it. One to laugh at. And we're seeing this now from Clinton. Here's a fumble. Mike Myers. Yeah, Barber. <laughs> yeah, Barber. Hell, you need every time. It's so bad. It's the worst. It's the worst. <laughs> Didn't even try it all. <laughs> I couldn't find a good Dennis Miller. The one that I played on here one time, it's gone. I remember it was so uh, bad. You can look up. They, they if old ESPN still has like the transcript of his monologues before they took the mic away, and then they made Al Michaels like interview him because they were just like, "No, you can't, you can't do this." Uh, so here's how we're gonna do this: <clears throat> we're gonna rank all of them in each category. So here are the categories we're gonna debate tonight: story, writing, acting, music, and then coolest moments. Very scientific. So if you rank. Return of the King, number one, it gets three points. Uh, if you rate number two, it gets two, so on and so forth. So you get one with one, one with two, one with three. At the end, we'll see what the tally is. We'll see which movie wins. Um, Lord of the Rings, little little reminder. Uh, the trilogy, first one released uh, all the way back on December 18, 2001. Next one a year later on the 18th, 2002. And then the 17th, 2003 for Return of the King. Back to back to back. Uh, they're all long as shit. Uh, they're all like, like super fucking long. I don't have I don't have all like the total run times in front of me. Should have had that. Oh, here it is. Theatrical length for the first one two three hours. Uh, 
Second one, three hours. Return of the King is 320. But all the extended versions uh, are about a half hour or more longer with Return of the King being significantly longer at four hours and 12 minutes. Look, we're not doing the extended today, even though the extended are fucking great. I think oh, the extended so just hit HD DVD or just hit um, HD DVD or something, right? It, what is it? Or well, why like can't that? I say it? 4K. Yeah. Um, they were obviously cultural hits. One won an Oscar for Best Picture. It set, it swept every category it was nominated in. Return of the King was nominated for visual effects, sound mixing, song score, makeup, editing, costume design, art direction, screenplay, director, picture. Won everything. Fellowship of the Ring was actually nominated for more, but only won four. The Two Towers had the least amount of nominations, won two. And then Return of the King just... It just it, it dummied everyone, bodied Demolished every movie. the Oscars. It was amazing. Um, and we'll get into that. We'll discuss afterwards. We'll discuss some, maybe some 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 points and topics made. There's one I do I do really want to get into. One of our our users brought up a great fucking point that I love. Um, a, a, a really good one about uh, comparing it to other movies, big blockbusters now, and, and why Lord of the Rings is kind of an anomaly. Uh, but let's talk about the movies first. Let's talk about story. And I'll start with Ken Jack. You can go first. We'll give our scores at the end for the movies, even though you can find mine and Ken Jack's scores already. And ours are essentially the same scores. Uh, story, Ken Jack, how do you rank the movies in terms of the best story out of the three? And we're just obviously just talking movies. If you're going to get mad about the books at any point during this, I would turn off the podcast. Yeah, then do not go into this expecting. No book reference book will be happening here. Kenji. No Similarian talk here. Uh, I would rank them Two Towers, number one, Fellowship of the Ring, number two, and then Return of the King, oh. number three. Um, and I think for me, I think the, the Fellowship is very intimate in a sense. And the Two Hours, I think it's very grand. The Two Towers, I think it's very grand and, and gives you a deeper look into the nations of Middle Earth, as well as like the corruptive powers of, of the ring, which is very interesting to me. And I think that uh, the story is very very there's a lot of depth to it and i think that the, a lot of this has to do with acting which was obviously a separate category but i really really like like vigo elijah wood and bernard hill a lot in this movie i think that the, the turmoil that aragorn goes, goes through in this movie as far as like coming to terms with his destiny and embracing his role as the leader of the, the world of men is incredible uh elijah wood going from being or rather frodo going from being like this very i would say like incorruptible force to now becoming the, the one thing he's supposed to not be, at least from what we've seen in the first movie. And then Bernard Hill being as Theoden, um, I would say, I personally, I think Theoden's an incredible character and goes undersung throughout the all the trilogy. But him uh, being such like a sort of like a failure throughout this movie and trying to right his wrongs throughout the the, the last act of the movie and then also in The Return of the King is, is incredible. Um, and a, a lot more of this, I think, has to do with technical aspect as well, just for some of the story. But um, I, I just, I really enjoy, I would say, the rise, the, the peak and climax, and then the resolution of this going into Return of the King, because they set up, uh, they got the, it's a massive fucking conclusion in Return of the King, and I think this sets that stage beautifully. True, how would you have it? For story, I I think I, I, I've changed, so I watched, I watched them again, Um and I kind of shifted and I've become more soft in a good way on return of the King. And so I would probably go three, two, one on this, just, just in terms of return of the King, two towers and uh fellowship. I think there's a lot of sentimentality that um, I don't know. Like if I, I just, 
I don't know if it was like the right time in my life to watch like the movies when I watched them just because I was, you know, I was a fucking 18 years old and I was just thinking about other things. Um, but there's a lot of sentimentality that comes through like the storylines and like, it's like when you watch it as a teenager, you think Legolas is cool, but then you watch it as an adult and you kind of like relate to Aragorn more. Not, not that I'm like thinking I'm like that. <laughs> like that meme where i'm watching tv i'm just like him i'm just like him but but just in terms of like kind of like understanding you know i i think one of the things look one of the things fantasy doesn't really do well when you're growing up and you don't pick up on is like understanding like the the bird you know burden of something burden of either being king burden of being the leader burden of you know wielding an immense amount of power and i think that for a lot of people lord of the rings was their their introduction to that like sort of burden in that fantasy environment because you know one i think it's probably some of the deepest popular fantasy ever written um if not the deepest popular fantasy ever written just with all the supplemental materials i'm not saying it's the deepest but just in terms of its popularity um so i i kind of landed on that because it, it was just kind of like the the you know the like I always like two towers because it is like you're saying you got into like the darker parts of the lore, I think. And that, that was like really cool for me. But like when I went back and watched return of the King, I just loved the way they wrapped it up. And I loved just how sentimental it was and how like bittersweet it was at the same time. So I got, I got three, two, one on my ranking there. Yeah. I, this, so it's funny for me because the return of the King for me is a perfect movie, but I, I will have, I'm agreeing with Ken Jack. I have, I think the two towers, as the best i'll go one for two towers two for return of the king you know that's very close and i think the ending is the only thing for me with the return of the king that i think takes it back from the two towers it just it, and that's the thing that people bring up all the time it's like how many endings does return of the king have because it does feel like a lot and i think mm-hmm. well i fucking love it and it's a perfect movie i think we're splitting hairs at this point so let me just make that very clear I just I got to give the slight edge in story to Two Towers, and I think only be for that reason. And I do like Fellowship of the Ring too, but I don't know. I think the complexities and the way the complexities of the next two are, are executed are they're just on they're on such a grand scale. And the Fellowship of the Ring is incredible as well. But the next two movies have the story again. The stories are so much more complex. There's so much more going on, and they're and they're they're one's flawless, one's nearly flawless. I would say story for both of them are basically flawless. Um, which again is, is why these movies are so fucking good. But for story, it's, it's splitting hairs, but I would say two towers for me. I just prefer that story a little more, just a touch more overall. I don't think I prefer it more than return of the King, but in terms of story, I prefer just a little more, which it is great. And that's, that was the one thing when I went back and did my rewatch over the summer, I did find myself surprised. I hadn't watched them in a while. I was like, yeah. I, I was like, I was surprised. I liked two towers as much as I did. Cause I feel like two towers, I think when like the like we tweeted earlier, I feel like the two towers didn't get mentioned as much. It's it's kind of overlooked, um, and you know again the less amount of Oscars, I feel like it may get a a a worse rap than it maybe should. Even though when I say worse rap, it's still it's still yeah, considered I, a I, I fucking great movie. Again, all I think this it's is splitting the most, hairs. So it, it's a, I don't know. Like it, it may it's the most interesting of the movies to me. The two towers is yes. Um, I agree. Just because there's so much in it and um, there's so much stuff that I dig there. It hits another level uh, from fellowship. 
I think that like the movies as they go along, they become like the first movie, like I said, I think Fellowship is very intimate, but I think it gets like less intimate as the scale goes up in the second movie and even more so in the third movie. And I, I think that the blend of like small moments as far as like uh, the character building for some of these guys. And a lot of them, uh, I would say the characters like finding their courage, because a lot of these movies are just about people finding the courage to do the right thing. A lot of people of those moments, those, those small intimate moments happen in the two towers, not, and not maybe as much in return of the King or in fellowship of the ring. And I think the balance there is perfect. And something else I noticed in, I think in the two towers more, and uh, you guys might've picked up on this too, is just how similar Miyazaki is to token in so many ways, just because all the movies are like, a, I would say at the core, like warnings against like greed and power and how we should be living in a symbiotic relationship in nature. And that's better than a parasitical one that humans are used to. And I think the environmentalism you can really see very much in this movie without it being a detractor at all at any point throughout it. Because it's just, it's like, cool, you're on the fucking end side the entire time. You're like, yeah, beat the shit out of these in- industrials, Isengard assholes. Like, you're all about it. Mm-hmm. Well, there's, I mean, there, there's, there's a lot of, it hammers on the hubris of like a lot, of, you know, but I guess between like all the different races of Middle Earth. Um, mm, yeah. Which like, I, I think is, you know, and I mean, that, that's not like unique, right? Like World of Warcraft does that too, but. The World of Warcraft also cribs cribs very heavily from from this, um, but, you know. So so I don't I don't know like where it comes like Tolkien or like where you know if he was the first to kind of get this down on paper in such a fleshed out way. But like I, I like it's just those there's there's so many layers to the lore. I guess is what I'm trying to say, and that I, I think and just to talk about it like overall like it shouldn't have worked, but everything's just a perfect arch. Um, Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, it's a perfect structure between all three movies and it it doesn't like when you go back and rewatch them, it doesn't feel uneven at all. Um, and like, while you're talking about, there is some like resolutions in like two towers, but it saves the big emotional ones for, for the last movie. And it, it all works very well. I think you put it well, Ken Jack. I think it's, it's a blending of kind of the both. Um, and that leads to writing, uh, in the next, well, actually audience, I gotta say what the audience picked. So I said, uh, two towers, one return of the King Two, fellowship three trill said return of the King one, two towers, two fellowship three. Ken Jack said two towers, one fellowship two, return of the King three audience fellowship. Number one. A lot of people really like fellowship, which is something yeah, that, I was kind of surprised by, I would say common reply that we got today. Uh, return of the King two and two towers, three. I actually thought return of the King was going to sweep everything for the audience. Me too. It's, uh, but I'm, again, more people I notice are, are big time fellowship respecters, which I respect. So after round one, we have the two towers in the lead with nine, Return of the King with eight points, and Fellowship with seven points. Uh, writing, Trill, I'll start off with you. Uh, and in terms of book to screen, script to screen, uh, which is obviously very important with these things too, because like it is, it, it is again crazy. We'll talk about it, the anomaly of the Lord of the Rings, but it's still insane that, that these movies were not just made as well as they were, but they worked. And I feel like mm-hmm. the, the fact that these were written so well is as maybe big of a part as any of it, obviously the way it looks and the effects, we know like the effects definitely hurt the Hobbit and they, they bought way too much into new age technology and <laughs> new age <laughs> visual effects. But like that was a, a big hindering of those movies. And that was a big criticism where like, I, I, I still Dude. think the writing and the execution there was so important for these. 
he Jackson's blend of CGI to practical in these movies is so on key, and it's incredible how much he lost that balance when he went to the Hobbit. Oh yeah, like it is. It's like night and fucking day, and like I don't, I don't get it. Like, why would you move away from the formula that works so goddamn well? I don't. Ugh. Let me start on the fucking Hobbit. Yeah. <laughs> the um. So so I never actually read the books. Um. The the the, the only book I've read is the Hobbit because it's like required reading in school probably should read the book so I, I can't really comment in terms of book book to screen but I, I will comment in terms of like I, I guess like let's just say like writing in terms of how how you know the the, the movie like f- flowed and and I guess the the you know characters were you know written I I, I think it would probably be one three two for me because I think there was like a lot to establish in the fellowship that they did an excellent job of establishing. Um, especially for people who I would imagine a large majority, just because so many people saw this freaking movie, a large majority of them have, have, you know, knew of the books or have read, read the Hobbit or, or been introduced with the, uh, the stupid Hobbit animated movie from like the seventies. <laughs> um, so they, they were familiar with it, um, but they just hadn't read the books and I, I think I got to give it to one just in terms of everything, like, you know, they had to get out there in terms of exposition, in terms of what was going on. I think three, number two, I mean, three, uh, uh, Return of the King in the second spot, just because of, of had, how they had to wrap it up. And then um, two towers. I, I mean, look, it, it's tough to rank these. I, I don't know that that's just kind of it, it's an it's a push on some of these things, but that's how I rank it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would rank it one, two, three in that order. Um, I would say that the movie had an incredibly, especially for the fellowship that this, it had a really, really hard task and it didn't really have a lot of room for error. And, and, you know, obviously all movies are shot at the same time. And this movie had to set up this like incredibly complex and dense world while developing all these characters at once in order to make the audience invested for the, the two following sequels. And I think it's not only able to set up the trilogy perfectly, but it also makes for a great standalone movie in its own right, which is an incredibly, again, hard task. And I, I just always have liked how the script has had something for everyone. And, you know, it has the dramatic fantasy terms for the book readers. It also has the dumbed down lines for the audience members like me who hadn't read it before and plenty of comic relief. And um, I, I think that Jackson, what he did in the, especially, I would say, Fellowship, is he did a really, really good job of capturing the horrors of Middle Earth. You know, like the disgusting slime of the, the orcs, the birth of Urukai, the goblins, Balrog, Nazgul, Watcher in the Water. There's like so much to fear in this world. And I think that the way he wrote it and the way he wrote how people react to the things that happen around them is it's just I think it's 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 great. And then. A little to the lesser effect. Again, the intimacy of dialogue uh, goes, goes down with each following movie. But I think the way that he writes Aragorn and how he, I would say, again, develops into being a leader of men, even though he doesn't want to, and that leading into the less intimate Return of the era, Return of the King. It just, it's, it all, it all is false. But I, I think in that exact order is how I would enjoy the scripts. And, and what I, and, and part of the big reason I think like one is or uh, Fellowship's number one for me is because of the Council of Elrond. I, 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 I love that. Um, like, well, how do you feel about that? Just in terms of like it, the, its representation, the movie is somebody who's more versed in the lore than I am. It shouldn't be like that's something where if you set put it on its face, you're like, yeah, here's a dwarf and elf um, uh, and wizard and men meeting together, and they say the title of the movie, they say the Fellowship of the Ring, like it shouldn't work, and no sense should it work. 
but like you you kind of i think in a dual sense for me when i'm I'm like a kid watching this in 2001 or whatever and like i'm like oh this is gonna be some nerdy shit but it's cool it's dumbed down and like you get the sense of like brotherhood between the fellowship and at the same time you're also like getting a sense of everyone every character kind of wanting to be part of the fellowship for their own reasons and not necessarily for the right reasons but that's something again through the next two movies that gets like i would say all of their cause gets homogenized right like they like Gimli's there because he doesn't want the dwarves to be left out of this. Like uh, Legolas is there because he doesn't want the elves to be left out of the process. Boromir's there because he wants Gondor to get help in the in the war. Aragorn's there because he thinks it's the right thing to do. Like people are there for their own different things, and that scene I think is 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 perfect for kind of setting up the stage for the rest of the movies. You know, just just by virtue of not being like you know a big explosive set piece uh, under like a lesser execution could have gone very poorly. Yeah. It's very true. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we all agree across the board fellowship. That's like the one big thing I'll give. I'll give fellowship over all of them is I think the setup was so important there. Uh, and again, it's the personal and it, it kind of has to be for it to work. It's a more personal story than the other two. But while I will, I, I again, it wasn't a ding because it's a perfect movie, in my opinion, while the endings things in terms of like the story and how it flows, I, I, I didn't give Return of the King the nod. I think the the script and the writing at the end of Return of the King mm. packs such an emotional punch, and they really hit every fucking line. Whether it's the death boat, them sitting on the side the of the mountain, like it, everything hits, which is kind of insane. Like everything they say at the end of and the final forty five minutes an hour of that movie, you're like, holy shit! They're in line after line. And we're mm-hmm. like, I'll, I'll say the word one more time and I promise we'll bring it up until afterwards. Anomaly. It's like, you just don't, something like this just, it doesn't happen. It was, it's just so well done. So yeah, we all essentially went three, one, two, a little tweak for Ken Jack. Ken Jack went three, two, one. No, I went, uh, I went one, two, three in writing. And sorry, in terms of points. So three okay. points across the board to Fellowship of the Ring. Audience went three points for Fellowship of the Ring, two for Turn of the King, one for Two Towers. So Fellowship kind of cleaned up that category and it's in the lead after writing. 19 points, Return of the King with 15, Two Towers with 14. Acting. Acting is the next one. Massive cast, a lot of people. If you were British, I guess it's not. I guess not everyone's British, but a lot of British people. If I you am. were like British and you weren't in Fellowship, weren't in Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter, are you even like a relevant person? No, you're not around. Like you, were, you weren't available to be put in something. It's not. It's not as much obviously as Harry Potter because there's people who aren't British in these movies. But like, I feel like if you. If you're British and you were in Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter from that era. You were a New Zealand character actor that didn't make your way into this. You made a mistake. Yeah, yeah you, I don't know what you were doing. Um, acting, though. Uh, Trill, we'll start with you on this one. Where do you put acting? Um, Probably, gosh, I almost want to say it's a push, but that would be such a cop-out. It would be. Uh, yeah. I, I, I say probably 3-1-2 again. Um, they, I think that was like my first rating, but, um, I, I don't know. Like one, I, I think there was a lot to carry for like the, the you know, Vigo and, and what he had to do in the last movie. And I think even like Elijah Wood's performance in the last movie, I mean, that, that, that was like where, I mean that, you know, that was the carry Strug moment where they had to nail the landing or whatever, or, you know, whatever, fucking analogy you want to use there but um 
and they did it. And so it's like almost like I got to give it to them. I got to give it to that movie for for that one. Um, and then it's like one, and and it's like not that like I don't. I it's just like when I think the the two towers, I think I think Helm's Deep, right? Like I, I think the big set pieces, like like that the big pivotal you know stuff happening. Um, and so like I almost want to say like Fellowship is, is number two because of like everything they had to establish there, just in terms of being believable characters. I think I would do two three then one and and i think i put one last year because i think from an acting perspective the fellowship to me will always be ian mckellen's movie and and like more than anything else i think the other actors were all great in it but like it's very clearly ian mckellen is the one that carries i would say the biggest load here and i think it's with purpose because he's like this wise with grandfather type character that's like the security blanket for the whole fellowship as well as the audience by proxy and i think that that is why when he's ripped away from us in that movie it's, it's devastating not just to the characters but to us as well but i think that as as the movie branches out into um uh two towers and return of the king as like everyone's separated and all doing their own thing i think every cast member has a, a deeper load and for two towers i think the load was i would say a little bit higher um again i, I love bernard hill as Thaden in that movie like I think again he uses himself as a failure because he like he he failed himself allowing himself to be corrupted. He failed his son allowing him to be killed. He failed his people by allowing them to be killed by Saruman. And I think that that conflict and how that leads to them ending up in Helm, Helm's Deep, and almost like when he goes into like that goth phase right towards the end of the, the Battle of Helm's Deep, where he's like, "Oh fuck, we fucked up." Like that. Like I love that. I love again um, Aragorn. Well, Viggo Mortensen is Aragorn picking up the mantle of the leader and Andy Serkis is Gollum doing like these Shakespearean monologues against himself in, especially I would say in two towers compared to return of the King were fucking awesome and freaky as hell. And like they, they're they're I would say they're like stomach churning, but kind of like that to the audience members. And I just, I love that in that movie so much. And I think in return of the King, when the scale against gets again, gets upped up um, everyone retains that ability uh, just as much. And that's why I would put that, just a little bit second just because there's maybe a little bit less emphasis on acting as so much what the the actions of everything going on around the actors compared to uh two towers yeah i i just think it's it's just a classic case of they just i don't know i think they they formed into their characters better right like i i like i'm, I'm in fit, a, yeah. kind of in order but i'll go one two and then three or to me, a three, two, then one. So Return of the King first, Two Towers second, Fellowship of the Ring three. I, I, I just think they just, I don't know. It was like, it's like they just more naturally became their characters to me. Um, and maybe that's just the case of the movies releasing when they did. But it, I, I don't know. I just like, he, he's more Frodo to me by the third one. And it's such a, a deeper, all of them will all of them become much deeper, grittier performances, right? Because mm-hmm. it's all emotional and it's all so fucking everything's dire. Like they're all basically on the on the, the cups of the cusp of death every scene. Um and I think that requires more believable acting. And I think they were all just better by the third one. Every single one of them. Not by much, but that that's kind of where I have it. That's what the audience has as well. Audience goes Return of the King one, two towers two, Fellowship three, which they break from Fellowship from the first time, because the audience seems to really like Fellowship of the Ring seem to be quite big fans of it compared yeah to i'm now i'm kind of reevaluating my two towers decision now how, do you, how do you have it i i got three two i got three one two 
Okay. It's just tough. It's like, I'm not saying that, you know, they're, they're all so fucking good. It's just, that's, that's why the acting, like the, the acting's most push for me just because one, like they were filmed so sick. I mean, the, 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 the filming was in such a short period of time that I don't know. I, I, it was just structured in a way that's just hard to like, it's hard to really rate it, right? It is, which is weird. That's why, like, even I, like, it's weird to say, like, I feel like they became their characters more. But I think even, I don't know, it just it, it just felt more right to me, which is crazy. That's, like, one of those things where it's, like, you're not really seeing any difference at all, but you just kind of assume that because you're watching the movie in order and it came out over, like, a certain amount of time. You just assume they got better at it, even though it was kind of filmed all right there. It's not like Harry Potter where like they clearly became better actors and actresses over the span of like mm-hmm. a billion years, but it's still, I don't know. Maybe it's like a trick to the eye, but I just always felt like he really is more Frodo than in the first one. I've always just felt that way. Um, so return of the King kind of in a landslide there after, after story writing and acting debate, we got uh, 26 points return of the King 24 for fellowship of the ring and then two towers at 22 points, which I didn't, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see Fellowship having a lead at any point here, uh, but it does over two towers it's in second place. Music, as important as anything uh, in this franchise, and not much of a difference in all of them, but music moments, moments where music come in. Uh, how do you rank them, Ken Jacks? I know this is obviously one of your favorite scores of all time. Oh, yeah. No, this is one of the first CDs that I bought um, was Return of the King soundtrack. It's, I think it's by far, for me anyway, the number one uh, would be it's reverse order of the of release for the music. And I think that it's it's mostly because like the moments that the music needs to hit are so climactic and grand. Like the Battle of Pelennor Fields is a fucking huge moment. The Battle of the Black Gate and Sam and Frodo going up uh, fucking Mount Doom, like huge moment. And like there's just so many parts where like you're like you feel like you're climaxing throughout <laughs> you feel like oh. you're climaxing throughout the oh. end of the movie the third act the third and second act of this movie and he like the, the soundtrack just hits it every single time and then in the end that fucking enya track or whatever like when the death boat man dude it's fucking hard to hold back tears and it just it had a lot more heavy lifting to do in that third movie than i think the first two and it just it fucking didn't miss a beat and it, it's really hard for me to pick anything other than return of the king as no, what would, what would your there. number one song from lord of the rings be Honestly, I think just the, like the the main theme. Like I could hear the first two notes from that and immediately know it's that. Like I, I wouldn't call it as iconic as Star Wars by any mean any like, stretch of the imagination. But to me, it's as distinct. Like I hear it and immediately I'm like, that's Lord of the Rings. Two notes in, I know what it is. Like it's 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 so uh, again iconic, but not nearly as much as maybe the top ones. I would go kind of reverse order again because Return of the King. It ha- it has so many of the big moments, and all the big moments in Lord of the Rings come with the music. Um, though saying that sounds kind of dumb because when I think of music for Lord of the Rings, I immediately think of Isengard. Like I immediately think of the the Uruk-hai. That's that's the first thing that come to my head. Like that's always going to be the one. Like too, yeah. I know I know like the main theme and like seeing the hit, like the Shire is that's like the standard thought. But for some reason, like like the, the faces coming out of the fucking mud like that just will always <laughs> like that was the music moment in theaters that always stuck with me most but i think overall so maybe if when i say like individual music moments i give it that but like overall like R- return of the king is always going to have i think beginning to end the greatest collection of the themes and greatest collection of the music from from the franchise 
Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the same as you guys, but I I am going to say that a, a, a big edge for two. I go three, two, one, but big edge for two is them using Lux Eterna from Requiem for a Dream in the fucking trailer for two towers. <laughs> Got me so hyped. Let's go, bro. <laughs> When I saw that in 2002, I'm like, let's go. They they fucking use that in every single (laughs) YouTube video from 2005 to 2010. They could not, you could not find a YouTube video that didn't use that. Yeah. It's like, um, who is that running back? Oh, it's like Noel Devine. Like Noel Devine, high school highlight. Noel Devine, a highlight tape is one of the greatest of all time. (laughs) Set to that song. Yep. That or Eminem for whatever reason blaring over the highlights. Adam Devine, high school highlights. Like I, I almost think like Return of the King, it's an unfair win for it because it's like it's kind of a greatest hits collection, right? Yeah, like, it's now that's what I call but, hits. But a lot of I mean, but a lot of it was like the actual utilization. Right. And that's yeah. why I think where I have to give it the edge is because we're not just talking just soundtrack, we're talking about how the music is used. But everything yeah. just came so well. I mean, that that's why like when i went back and watched return of the king it's like i i as an adult i had a better appreciation for like how well it ended because like, because it's like you know when you we watch it as a teen it's like okay that was a cool trilogy but then like as as we like reviewed all these things and we talk about trilogies and we do we're just like people have a hard time wrapping things up mm-hmm. that's like been my biggest complaint on a lot of howie these mandel's things. biggest problem <laughs> That's but even true. what we talked about with like J.J. Abrams, right? Like, like everything he makes, he just doesn't know how to end it. I think, but I think that's not like a. I mean, that the Game of Thrones. We talked about that. Like, that, that's a common thing. It's just tough. Like you, you get yourself into something, you bite off more than you can chew, and then you got to bring it home. And they brought it home, and everything tied together so well. So I, I, I think like that. That's the utilization of the music. Is is it, it just it it the heightened the emotions in terms of what it was doing. Although, which one had the uh, Dominic Mahanigan or whatever his name is? Whoever put no, he played Mary. Who played Pippin? Shit, I forget his name. But the, he, when he sang in the Return of the King, as that fucking Denethor is chewing on that cherry tomato and the juice is dripping down his damn fucking mouth, and his son's getting killed when he's singing that. Oh, great song moment! I'm counting that towards the music. I, very much allowed to. Who plays him though? Fuck, that's killing me. Who plays Pippin? It's not. No, Dominic Mahanigan. Oh, Um, so Trill, you have it one. You have it three, two, one as well. Yeah, and that's what you have, right, Ken Jack? Yeah. Okay. So final totals there. Return of the King runs away with it again, followed by Two Towers, and then Fellowship of the Ring. Audience had number one, Return of the King. Number two, Fellowship again, and then Two Towers. Number three. All right. Finally, best moments. This is kind of the the most fun one to talk about. Coolest moments. Most oh shit moments. Or just most emotional. Tough, because they all have their own. They all have some a collection thought, of great ones. I thought Two Towers had the coolest moment. Okay, well, I'll start that with you then. How do you rate it? I, I'd probably go 2-3-1. Okay. Just, just in terms of, like, pure moments. Like, I, there, there was just something. Wait, as in so, as Return of the King number one, Fellowship number two? No, no, two, two, two Towers, Return of the King, then Fellowship. Okay. 2-3-1. Um. I don't know. I I just I love I love the end. Like I love when the like the ants and all that shit like rolls together in two towers. Like I, I mean that's just so that's so cool. And like especially for the time it came out, how good it looked. Like when you were watching it, like you felt like, and that that's like why 
especially something that was like released concurrently with the Star Wars prequels was like that that I mean a lot of like what you saw at Lord of the Rings just highlighted the disappointment I had with the prequels at the time because it was like a lot of cool really convincing shit is happening in these movies and this is just on such a grand scale whereas like the prequels felt like vacuous and fake and artificial and smooth it felt like a dreamcast game um but but this you know like two towers was textured it was supple it was uh like it was dark it was moody um it was epic and and like that's i mean like when i saw that like i i was like oh like shit let's go bro Mm-hmm. No, I think you, that did. It, you turn to your friend. You're like, yo, bro, I'm let's like, go. Oh, this, this is going to make bro. This is going to make more sense in 17 years, but let's fucking go. <laughs> yeah. What's that I dance you doing? <laughs> it's called the Opa gang of style. You're like, your kids are going to love it. <laughs> uh, but I would agree with you in that. I think Helm's deep is the single coolest moment in the, in the trilogy. Because I think the battle, I agree with you, like, um, it's just, it's so fucking convincing in so many different ways. And I think part of that is, like, they did they did three, I think, three and a half months of night shoots to get this right. And they they blended, they, like I said before with Jackson, the, the blend of CGI versus uh, practical in it is just perfect. They only use the CGI when they need to in these wide-scale shots to show you just the pure scale of what's happening. But then when they give you, like, the moments on the wall and, like... You know, in the keep in the fortress, like of the the fighting in the at, on the lines with the Urukai and the elves, like that everything is real and everything looks and feels real, and they're blowing up fucking miniatures and like, like that I think is the cool the coolest single moment. But I think the movie with the the most cool shit is uh, Return of the King. So I would go Return of the King, Two Towers, and One. Um, I, I think that there's there's so much stuff that happens in in Return of the King. It's essentially like a a, a, a 40 minute 45 minute battle of at Pelennor fields and you know you have like a battle going into it on the walls you have Faramir going out and dying in Asgiliath you have you know fucking the the elephants come in the Rohirrim come in you have the army of the dead come in you have like there's so much shit that happens during that scene it's incredible then you have the also after that the battle at the Black Gate you have Aragorn cutting off the mouth of Sauron's head you have them fighting massive fucking army you have like the the eagles coming in save like so much shit goes down in that movie. And not even to mention Shelob, who's one of the scarier creatures I think I've seen in, in almost any uh, like big action, or I would say like big um, blockbuster movie. There's just, there's so much stuff that happens in that in that movie and, and it nails all of it to a T. So I would go three, two, one. The, the, yeah, so f- for me, I have Return of the King 1, Two Towers 2, Fellowship of the Rohirrim, The Rahirim, that, that charge and just like- Screaming death. The, the, the pullback of the shot to see that, fucking army and the horses just that's one of those moments where like i yeah i loved it when i saw it but it's i kind of wish i could we, we talked about this before like moments you wish you could relive in theaters or see in theaters that's one that i saw in theaters but i don't think i appreciated it like i i mm. like it's one where like i watch it now like i just pulled it up goosebumps again but i, I wish mm. i had like i don't know I, I wish i was at the right age to appreciate like i appreciate for example not comparing the movies avengers endgame right like i'll never forget that moment like lord of the rings like to see that just again the, the scale and the way it fucking looks and that charge and just like the music and the emotion of that that's what i wish i could kind of like see an imax or some shit for the first time like appreciate that in theaters seeing it having never seen it before um i i still love the it's not like one of the more grounds like the army of the dead's another great one to me 
Um, mm-hmm. I think it's just fucking, it's just cool. Uh, you're right. It, it, Return of the King is just stacked with so many fucking things. And again, it's just well, kind of fair again. Yeah. It's kind of mine. It's, it's, it's a, like, I, for those who are listening right now and know the movies and, and like them, but haven't watched them in a while, I, I suggest like hitting up HBO Max and doing it because if you haven't watched them in like a, like a long enough time and you liked them then, you're going to be like, what the fuck? These are so fucking good. Like, you just, there's so many things that, you're, and true, you're saying it too, like on rewatch, like you're appreciating things that you're like, God, like, that's kind of the crazy thing about these is is like i feel like i'll go again like another like maybe a year or two not watching them i'm like oh shit that again why didn't i talk about that in episode 300 there are so many things and it just kind of it's mind-blowing in a sense yeah and the characters feel like real people yeah. i mean even though they're not like obviously real people or people at all um but it's just that then that's something I, you know, I don't think you appreciate when you're 18 watching it. You appreciate other things. You get older and you watch it. I'm not saying this is like Citizen Kane or fucking high art, but I, I do think for one, I, everything that went right, like went right. And it wasn't an accident. It was very intentional, like and very expertly executed. But they, they, it, it, they still look great. They still feel great. Like it, it's, it's just a perfect moment of time of like, movie making and i think back to like when these big you know this and then harry potter both were kind of coming out and both getting really good reviews and it almost like felt like you know from my life like there's like we finally got a grasp on the technology to make the scale at which we want to do things like pretty possible and it was very exciting and the scale of not even just to mention like regular movies but like fantasy I think this was like a perfect moment for fantasy movies just because they're, they could sometimes be, I would say, like stuck in the weeds because the technology just hasn't, at least at that point before then, like caught up to the ability to, to kind of give you that fantastical feeling, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what the books really give you because you, they let your imagination run wild. And for, for, tech, for the, the, the visual tech to catch up to whatever the Imagineers, I guess, working at Weta Digital for uh, Lord of the Rings. Like, it's just it's, it's just a great moment. Like you said, it was like a golden age for a lot of those movies that came out around then. And man, just everything, like you said, just came, just worked so goddamn well. And, and it, it, I'm just thinking now about Pelinor Fields, the speech that Aiden does before that. Bernard Hill doesn't get nearly enough credit as, as he uh, deserves for those movies because he did such a goddamn good job as my goth king, my goth Rohan king. <laughs> This, I mean, all the speeches, too. Uh, I'll say it again. Yeah. Another crazy thing. How the fuck are all the speeches so good in these? Like, it, it, it just doesn't, it, it's, it's insane to think about. Like, and they're very the, fantasy-heavy dialogue, which, like, normally wasn't work, yeah. doesn't work so well. Yeah, like, it, it's, it's where most movies, and we'll roll, in, we'll roll into that discussion I, I mentioned about this being an anomaly, is that so many things, <clears throat> so many things just... In any normal situation, they would be corny as fuck. It's like a big cheese fest. Yeah, but this comes exactly. across as something so much, so much greater than that, and that that's just what's insane. And so the final tally here, audience again, uh, they ranked him in the reverse of the movie release. So one for Return of the King, two for Two Towers, three for Fellowship of the Ring. Final score. Return of the King wins, 49 points, Two Towers, 38. That was a runaway. And then Fellowship, 33. But the audience actually had Fellowship in second. I have them rated like this, Return of the King, 100, Two Towers, 98, Fellowship, 97. Ken Jack, you have 100 for Two Towers and Return of the King, and then Fellowship, 95. 
Audience had Return of the King 97 out of 100, Fellowship 95, then Two Towers 94. Trill, how would you have them? Toss out some numbers at us. I think I think uh, 95-95 for probably uh, Return of the King and Two Towers, even though Two, like, even though two Towers is probably at the lower end of a lot of my ratings. It, it's the vibe, man. And then probably 90 for, for Fellowship. So that's how they shake out. Oh, fucking yawn. Sorry, it's Sunday. Sunday scaries, folks. Uh, 98 is the average score for Return Jay of the King. Jay saying it. Yeah. I think about the Sunday scaries. Uh, 96.8 for two towers and Fellowship 94. So let me read the comment. I like this comment. Sorry if I just skipped over everyone else for this one, but I, I just I thought this was probably the best question we got. Where the fuck is it? Where is it? Okay. Uh, do you think we will ever see another fantasy sci-fi blockbuster movie win Best Picture? I feel like the closest in recent memory was Black Panther, which that technically, yes, that was the closest. And while it was awesome, it got a Best Picture nom. It didn't feel like it was a top three contender. Also true. It, ne- it, it felt like that if it won, it was like it was going to be a cultural win, right? Like it felt like it had votes, but it didn't feel like it was really going to break through. It's kind of like a, if you were like gambling, it was a good sprinkle. Uh, maybe one will win eventually, but somewhat and. Somewhere in the past decade or so, a switch was flipped where popular movies stopped getting Oscar noms. Uh, and that's true. And then someone replied and said, Lord of the Rings is kind of an anomaly of popular films, shot fully on location, lots of practical battle scenes and sets, amazing acting, actors, super memorable score, super memorable. Like, mm-hmm. carved out, like, it, it, it created something, right? Like, it, it became something completely different, uh, a la Star Wars, uh, based on a book series, and now most of the comic book and fantasy, like they're based off, it's like it's based off DC, based off Marvel or their Star Wars. And that kind of corners the market. Uh, and mm. and the final point this is by Chet's Jalopy 7 said, he said, and this I think this is the point that drives it all home. Hell, Peter King couldn't even recapture the uniqueness of his original trilogy when he did The Hobbit. Peter King. Like he, he, oh, <laughs> Peter King, Peter Jackson. <laughs> Dumpy Monday morning Told him I made The Hobbit movies. The lady Poopy. cried. Poopy pants, Peter King, Peter uh, Jackson. In, in, in this movie, the Hobbit's going to be drinking a, a, a bastard fire uh, India pale ale. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so true. Like he he couldn't do it with the Hobbit. Like mm-hmm. the the Hobbit is ass. Like I I really don't like those movies. One of them is is mildly serviceable, but I really don't like they everything that is great about the Lord of the Rings. It just it's not. And then you can get into the whole thing like you know bloated for money because each like basically if you if you base off of runtime to page count for Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit should have been one movie, but they stretched it into three. Like if you would have done the same for Lord of the Rings, there'd have been nine movies. Like that's just insane. Like it was just it was. Mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings was so perfectly made. And, and the funny, like, I think if they tried to make Lord of the Rings now, it wouldn't be good because they would try to make it nine movies. They'd be like, well, we got to have a billion movies. We got to have, the, like, they would, it would be too bloated. It was it, I, anomaly. I'm allowed to say now because I said I would wait until afterwards. That is the best word to use for these because it is so insane. And I know we talked about it privately between the three of us when I was watching over the summer because I know, Ken Jack, you'll you know them backwards to forwards. Like, I was like, it's just so fucking crazy that these were made the way they are. And I don't, I just don't think we'll see like Dune maybe, but would you put Dune? I guess Dune would fall in that category, but we don't know if Dune's going to be any good. And and is Dune going to really reach the level of this? I would, I would think not. I would, I would think very much not. That would be, a, that'd be, 
fucking USA over USSR upset of the century. And that's not to say Dune won't be good, but that yeah. means Dune would be good and then would be, it would transcend good. It would be iconic for all time. Because, I mean, this is this is up. This is, you know, when, when you talk about these types of movies, it's Star Wars, it's the comic book realm, which you can't even, like, MCU Marvel is big. We love them. But it's part of comic book movies. Like, even yeah. MCU can't break out of that. It's Star Wars, comic book movies, and Lord of the Rings, right? And some other things, like Star Trek as well. But, like, I I got, the only one on the radar is Dune, and Dune ain't doing that. Like, that's just, it's just not going to happen. I, I, I just think there was... I don't want to say never because I think it's stupid to say never because, yeah, tra- you know, true. trends, trends are going to change and then something else will come along to, for lack of a, something that isn't played out to like shift the paradigm, but it, it's, it's, it's almost like, you know, Hollywood loves Hollywood. And I mean, these are fantastic films, but I also think how these were made and, and how they approached the making of them had a lot to do with the winning the Oscar and I, I think them also being uh, the a trilogy, it, it almost kind of felt like when when Return of the King won, it was a makeup Oscar for the other two not winning. Like it, it certainly deserved it, but it, it's like you, you had to like it kind of was its own thing. Like even if you combine all the movies together, because of the way it was filmed, because of the way they all fit in together, it, it was like it was a project. It, it was just a gigantic project, and I think that recognition came through from Hollywood. Um, I don't know if you'll ever see anything like that again, just in terms of saying, look, we'll get everybody on location for like a long period of time. We're going to, you know, shoot 20 hours of film or whatever. Um, That's pretty ridiculous, but they did it. And it was just a confluence of a lot of events, which I think makes like a a sci-fi or comic book movie unlikely. But I, I do think that like everything's cyclical. And I think, it's stupid to say never. That's I, I don't. I would agree. I, I don't think that there's an opportunity for at least in the near future for something like this to happen. Only because, in a sense, I kind of agree with you, Trill, that like the movie was, I would say, at least scripted in a sense that it was more classical compared compared to like fantastical, like the screenwriting and the way that all the characters had their dialogue and their scenes and everything. That was something that. I think was not difficult for the Oscars to accept um, like as far as like it being prestige level writing or acting or whatever you want to call it. Um, so I don't think that was that hard, but I do agree with you that I, I think in the future, there is definitely an opportunity for I mean, the, the next level of filmmaking, like is uh, kind of comes out when next advancement in technology and you're able, if they're able to make something like, even if you look at fucking shape of water, that's a, like a fantastical drama, right? Shape of water just won an Oscar. What? Three years ago. That's not yeah. the same level of a blockbuster as like Lord of the Rings or something, but that's like a fantasy movie that says drama elements and that's just one. So, I mean, I don't think it's, it's, it's out of the question, but when you very clearly have a movie that is built to make money then I think it's harder for the Oscars to ever accept it as being a prestige film. And I don't know, I don't think that they could make another a trilogy like Lord of the Rings because number one, the studios would want to milk it for every fucking dime they could get like they did with The Hobbit, like they do with every other media, major media release. So I, I don't think that they could nail that again. I don't think it would be, I think it would be hard to get people on location for two years at a time in a different country to try and film like a trilogy of movies. Although I do think a major level of success for this, uh, for the three movies in the original trilogy are just that the, the, they did that and that everything kind of 
flowed so flawlessly and there wasn't this big break where everyone was apart for a long time these guys like they were all really good friends off set too like the and all the fucking the fellowship members all matching tattoos they're they still catch up with each other like they're they were real friends and that chemistry was built by this experience and it showed up on screen so i but at the same time again i don't think you can get together prestige actors for this sort of thing again and uh, it was it's, it's a fucking shame but i, I just i do agree that it's an alum, anomaly in the sense but as far as the second question goes i do think that there's an opportunity for fantasy movies maybe not a fantasy blockbuster to be in the oscar conversation yeah i mean there will be some things where you're going to look at them and you're going to say well that has a chance right like that that could be it and like i think dune is one of those weird examples where it's like maybe with the right combination dune could be that i just don't see I, I don't know. I, I I just don't I just don't see it with Dune. And obviously, Lord of the Rings very like the book series being popular is a, a massive thing that goes into it, right? Like it it just is. But but then you're you know maybe the next one will be like Harry Potter where it is massive and it's a huge deal. It just doesn't win Oscars. It, like the the amount of things that have to go right for something like this to happen again, they're 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 kind of insane. And even Dune is like more sci-fi, right? It's not even really yeah. like fantasy. And fantasy, I feel like people are more accepting easy or easily accepting of fantasy movies as a as a blockbuster proposition as compared to fantasy movies. Well, yeah, game obviously Game of Thrones, and like that's a good example, like that type of thing being popular, albeit not a movie. But I, I don't know, like like maybe maybe that's the fucking end. Maybe like game, maybe they did like Game of Thrones like in a movie version, like fifty years down the road. I don't know, maybe. I doubt yeah, that. People love fantasy, man. They just like, like, want yeah. fantasy done right. And like maybe like I'm like I'm not saying that'll be it, but like it could be something like that. So I think true, you are right. Like saying never is crazy, but in the near future, like, I just I don't know. It's just it's one of those things. Like the more you think about it, the more it kind of melts your brain. You're like, how the how the fuck did this do this? I mean, that's crazy. It's, 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 like it's uh, there's something about Mary was like the second highest grossing movie of whatever that year was 1999. Like that would never happen now. There's so much of the movie, yeah. like a rom-com being the second highest grossing movie of the year. That That's shit like that would never happen now. Um, but it's great going back and watching these movies that you That's not a chore. You got to ask me to do. It's, that's an easy one. These are just, and I, and I would, I will mm-hmm. say I would watch the extent. If you've never seen the extended, I would watch the extended. I would say if you're a fan of the movies, they're they're must watch because they are fucking incredible. They're so good, just long, long as hell. Yeah, they are. They're very like they're they're it's like, like a that, four that, hour thing. Like that, you're that's stuck not there. like an opinion. Like oh, I think they're a little long. Like they're just long. They're yeah, they're but good. That's, that's half a work day. It's a lot. But if you like them, that's not a again. That's not a chore. That's that's a fun exercise. Um, all right, that's been Lord of the Rings. That was fun. I'm glad we got to talk about them. They're fucking awesome. It's just that's a, that's a big love fest right there. Mm-hmm. Loved everything about them. Uh, Trial of the Chicago Seven. Sorkin. Sorkin brain activate on Thursday. That's right. Sork dorks unite. Why? Uh, why they only have uh, one egg for breakfast in 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 France? Because uh, in France it's un oof. Enough, you get it? Enough. <laughs> we'll talk, what are we doing like best things since 2017? Times. Yeah, best things of 2017. Best things since 2017. Does not have to be pod related. It's not going to be pod related. Mine's not fucking pod related. It's not pod related. I have one thing that's us related, but not pod related. <laughs> I mean, the uh, didn't even win for the audience, so... 
Uh, the audience, I, I I chose one that only got a couple votes from the audience as their number five because I like it the most. I, I just it was it's so funny to me that I I, I had to use it. Uh, Mine's not pod related, but it's pod related. They're back. <laughs> we are, we are. If you could go to a concert right now, pod or Evanescence, which one would you go to? Probably Evanescence. I actually Evanescence I, rock. I, I like I like that one song. The only song I know of. Bring back to life. Yeah. But she, she Here, she's really good the, at singing. Here's the order. Okay. Trill, Ken Jack, Jeff, audience. I'm going to randomize since it's a draft. Oh, man, I'm last. Ken Jack, audience, Trill, Sweet. Jeff. Ken Jack, audience, Trill, Jeff. All right, Ken Jack, first pick. All right, my first draft pick of the year or of the last three years, I guess. Best thing since 2017. Best thing since 2017. My number one is going to be the the video of the Twitch streamer promising not to look at the girl's boobs, but then looking at the girl's boobs. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. I, I It is a guaranteed laugh for me every time I watch it, and I can't help it. It's the best thing for me. Just off the top of my head is the first thing I thought of. It's Pretty good. Good one. It's pretty good. Uh, audience. Uh, they just took. They, I'm giving. I'll give them both. I'll give them both. They took the Infinity. They took Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. Yeah, fine. They want movies. The most voted thing. They they took. They took. I'll let them have it. They can have it. I already predetermined their number five though. Trill, best thing since 2017. Um, I'm going to take. You gonna take your get, your child? Yeah, I mean, I might take your child in the turnaround if you don't draft her. Yeah, I don't want anyone else to take my child. I'm gonna take my child. Okay. She was I, I, I wrote the list. I wrote my list like it was a ranking, but yeah, I gotta I gotta I gotta draft my kid first. I'm sorry, I just gotta do it by principle. <laughs> if I drafted your kid, that would have been tough. She's amazing. She's, um, she's also very tiring. I'm very tired, but she's amazing. That's a good pick. Your your child is a good pick for best thing to happen since we started this podcast just is uh i'm gonna go two tv shows back to back i'm going watchman number one no don't do it don't do don't don't do what you're don't about take to take succession do. for me don't do that please god you're I'm gonna taking do succession it. Number oh, two. Damn, yeah i'm sorry man. like they're 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 two of my literally my top 10 favorite shows of all time and they released since 2018 and there's a third that i'm just i may not get i think we know what it is but i just watchman the newsroom well <laughs> yeah oh my god if if we did if well if we did if we did back to 2012 top five worst things I would absolutely Damn, pick newsroom 2012 what a dumpy shit. piece of shit that we actually we we I won't say who we turned down an interview recently and <laughs> part of it was because I could not I could not this is this is my integrity for this podcast I could not pretend to do that interview and say something positive about the newsroom I couldn't like I I I, I couldn't do it I I couldn't do it. Would have been a good I, I, one. I, and that I promise, if we ever interviewed Aaron Sorkin, I would I, I would grow the the balls to ask Aaron Sorkin and be like, "Do you really think the newsroom is one of your best things?" Hmm. I'm, I, just glad, I, I'm just glad. I thought you were going to take Grumpy Cat dying, and that's my pick. Yeah, no, you can you can take that. Uh, succession number two for me. Watchmen's like the, the one of the most profound things I've ever watched. Amazing. Same with Succession. Uh Trill. Grumpy Cat dying. No, I'm not taking oh. that. That's too mean spirited. I might take it later. It's it's not mean spirited enough for me to say it, but it's too mean spirited enough for me to, to pick it. Um, I'm gonna take Breath of the Wild. I think mm, I think Breath, Breath of the Wild is one of the best video games ever created. Um one of my favorites of all time. 
many people are saying this. No, I totally agree. I considered Red Dead on my list, but I figured I'm just going to leave video games out of it. <laughs> you have an all-meme list? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. But actually, sort of. Um, audience corner the market on new streaming services at number two. HBO yeah. Max? I like yeah, Max. HBO Max, Disney Plus. Oh, just all new ones. Okay. okay. Yeah, all new all ones. Right, so that's you. a good big... Yeah. There's some great... HBO Max is... Oh, it's incredible. We're in that, we'll get that bag. Give us the more, bag. Talk more and more enough. people are cutting the cable. Oh. Everybody's cutting the cable. Well, what Zoomers comedian is that? without it, dude. Who is that? Is that Louis C.K.? Gary Goldman? Someone says that they're like... The Dennis Leary orc. Did you guys notice him? I love the Dennis Leary The orc Dennis Leary orc made me Return laugh. Of I love him so much. Talks about like IPAs and shit. <laughs> nah, he wouldn't My do that. That's barista, like man. Talk about like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bud Lights and I'm stuff. An he has a stand-up bit. Oh, he talked about he talked that's about it, he doesn't like IPAs and shit. That's where he hates that's that. it. IPAs. Whatever suck. whatever happened to, to just uh just Budweiser. Whatever happened like, to that? He has a stand up he's like, Yeah, my my nephew or someone gave me Bud Bud Light with cranberry. What the fuck is this? Some shit like that. Yeah, Bud Light Platinum. What happened to good old Blood Heavy? Six like <laughs> Oh, he's like kick coffee with with like chocolate in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He hates frappet- frappuccinos. He's not yeah. a frappuccino guy. Really good in it's small weird. soldiers, though. Uh, yes. Ken Jack, number two. Uh, last pick of round two, first pick of round three. Uh, my number two, I'm going to go with the Jeremy Renner app because I don't think I've ever yeah. had so much fun on an app. It was so much fun. That was that was a great, great time for both me and you, Jeff. That was. I lost uh, a lot of money on that. Yeah, me too. They never refunded me for my... <laughs> I bought like 100 stars. They never gave me my 50, money back. 50 Ren stars. <laughs> it was no literally 50 ren stars like 100 ren stars actually because i want to boost my comment to the top the absolute worst part is i can't go back and find like you I, comments, like yeah. i only saved so much of it and that's a bummer because there's so and then I had, I had a friend who pretended to be bon jovi and he would talk about he would always reply about going to fogo to cha and like <laughs> just random thing it just, we we had this network of fake people and it was so funny it's just it you were, so much fun. We were part of a community for like a week. It was great. And I got shut down. It was a huge yeah. bummer, but it was an easy number two for me. Uh, number three, I'm just going to go Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck had a fucking great trio <laughs> of years. Uh, he had the photo of him with the back tattoo blasting a cigarette on the beach. And then he had the, uh, what do you call it? And he ended up with Anna de Armas. Fucking great three years for Ben Affleck. Yeah, that's a pretty good year for, for, for Batfleck. Yeah. And he was a good Batman. He was a solid Batman. Yeah. Guy. He had a, he, you know what? I'll say he had a better than just a good three years. He had a great three yeah. years. And he's with the most attractive woman on the planet. So good for him. Congrats to uh to Ben Affleck. He's, scroll, he's strolling around right now somewhere in LA. It's it's what 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 time is it there right now? Like seven eight, seven PM. He's strolling Little around in LA with a Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee in his hand <laughs> and on into Armis in the other, just a covered up back tattoo, just <laughs> fucking ripping a dart. He's just living his life and I'm just I'm so happy for him. <laughs> trill number your round three pick oh shit i'm gonna take i'm gonna take the announcement of the new ford bronco oh i was a great day yeah i look i that i love that car talk about getting back to like give me something i want finally it's not another. I thought um, you were going to take the video of them throwing the ball at the cyber truck window. I I had that in my that in my funny. draft pool. I thought about it because it was so funny, but it's it's not. I couldn't. <laughs> it's a pretty good one. 
I know, but like the the Ford Bronco is like I go to that customizer every day and just customize what Bronco I'm probably not gonna get. Did any of the day? No. I wish I I just wish they had him. I just want to see him, man. I want to see him in person. Yeah, I I I do want you to get one. <clears throat> I'm 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 probably not gonna get one, but probably end up getting a a, a Sienna minivan. Three hundred episodes. You podcasted <laughs> from your real- car. One time you podcasted from your car. I did podcasted from from my old Forerunner. Yeah, That's right. That happened. Uh, I, 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 got, I got to get rid of that old Forerunner because it got like eight miles a gallon. I, I skipped the audience, but you didn't take their pick. They selected Terramana Tequila. Ah, uh, damn! I should have thought about that. <sighs> what well, a great yeah. moment. When I'm reflecting on 300 episodes, I like to reflect with a cold glass of Terramana Tequila. <laughs> mm-hmm. Stay rockyless, people. Stay rocky. <laughs> Stay Dwayne the Rock Johnson, people. Oh my god! Is it my pick again? No, it's mine now. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with. Well, I got a chance at it. I'm gonna go the Mandalorian. I'm just gonna take three shows that I love, and then I'm going the Popeye's Chicken Sandwich for my first pick around. Oh man, that was. Oh, I'll tell you what. Oh. Those that those two weeks of hype. It's the last year, though. That was last year. That was just last year. Yeah, that did. Yeah. Holy PFC shit. still gets him three times a week. So he, he likes them. He loves them. They're, they're, they're amazing. They're, they're, they're so they're good. delicious. I can't eat them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they're so good. Trill, number four pick for you. Um, number four is, is a cultural shift that I really liked. It's, it's kind of like the normalization of uh, uh, the boys being able to, to drink like seltzers and, and and drinks that aren't like perceived as manly drinks. Ah, oh, okay. No, I like that. The, the paradigm shift to being able yeah. to drink what we want. Yeah. Cause like I, if I were like, you know, there was a lot of pressure in my twenties when, you know, you get made you fun of by your boy. Heavy, your pussy. Like, yeah. Usually what are you drinking? You drinking vodka soda? You just do shots. But now like people are thinking about it a little smarter. If you're day drinking, you want to drink that seltzer. It's light and it's crisp, and it's going to keep you. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Dehydrated, but less dehydrated than you would if you were just drinking IPAs all day. Exactly. No, I agree. And it's like, yeah, you want to drink this 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 vile bush light ice? You're an asshole. You should drink that instead of drinking your delicious, nice, wonderfully crafted vodka soda. Like, why would I do that? And it wasn't like action. It was just, you know, it was light ribbing, but it was enough to like not want to go through Dissuade you. Sometimes. Yeah. I yeah. just, you know, I don't want to like, like I already get ribbed enough for being the guy who farts uncontrollable. You were the farter? Never get. Yeah. I was a farter in the circle of oh, dudes no. in the center of the bar. Oh, no. <laughs> Cleared out the bar. <laughs> Someone just say Kevin spilled chili in the middle of the bar. <laughs> Um, audience, enough of you pick the same thing that I'm lumping it together as sports team winning. Mm. People just said like That's blank fair. winning the title, blank. Okay, so your sports team winning. Good pick, Trill. You're you're a triple winner in that. Uh, you won every single year. That's right. Uh, all all my teams, all the titles. Ken Jack, yeah. your last two picks. Uh, my last two picks. I'm going to go with uh, number four, Quest Bar Cookie and Cream flavor. Uh, I don't know if it exactly came out that year, but or, or within that year period, but that's when I was first introduced to it, and I fucking love it. And it's my favorite flavor now, slightly over chocolate chip cookie dough, and it's it's amazing. And then my number five, 
major rest in peace. One of my favorite things we ever did, fictional debates. It was amazing. And yeah. I miss it every day. Fictional debates is a good number five. That's a, that's a very good, it's a very good thing we had. I love that. Uh, audience, their last pick, The Dark Knight. Uh, that, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when we did best movies? Remember we did best movies yes. since, yes. And, and people kept picking The Dark Knight. A bunch, a couple of people put that in there very clearly as a joke, and I love that, and I'm making that the number five. I think that's very funny. Oh, uh, this graphic's going to be fun. We're going to have a yeah. fun time on social, Jeff. Uh, Tro, your last it, pick. Um, <clears throat> gosh, dang. Hold on. I'm trying to think through it. I want to take Despacito. That was was that 2016. <sighs> you know what? I'm gonna take the, I'm gonna take the Instagram hot dog filter. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Isn't that Snapchat? No, I'm I'm I, I can't, like I want to tra- I want to take something that's like shifted in the way we behave like over the last three years. It's been a positive. I actually, what I like is like the normalization of wearing sweatpants outside. Mm. Like even be- even before COVID, it's like the the athleisure athleisure whatever segment okay. of, the, of the clothes market. I've really liked that movement because you just you if you get a pair of a hundred dollars sweatpants, you look fine. You can go anywhere. Lululemon being able to be worn outside of the yeah. athletic setting. Don't give a Hell shit yeah. about it. Like the best short the best, shorts. Mm. Yeah, just pair pair a pair of mesh shorts with a flannel. Nobody gives a shit anymore. I, I that's what <laughs> I wear. I just wear a flannel mesh shorts and Birkenstock clogs and I call it a Fucking day. Yeah. I look like I look like nineteen ninety five blew up on me, but I don't care. Nobody cares anymore. Maybe nobody caring anymore about clothes. Uh it's I mean I I appreciate the joggers. I'll put it that way. I appreciate the good sweatpants joggers. I think that's a good final pick drill. Hey, hey, don't, don't you hate? Isn't the worst thing wearing jeans on an airplane though? Yeah, never, get, never, I've never done it. Never will. Can you never, just, you've never. never done that. You can just feel the jeans no. get dirtier and absorb <laughs> the air. It just like like it, like like it's that air sticky filter. moist air. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It just goes straight into the jeans and bonds to the the stretch material in the jeans. <laughs> You feel your swamp ass like escaping out through like your balls and just going into the air and seeping right back down into your jeans and just it's. That's it. I only it's fly in like two sponge. inch inseam umbros. <laughs> <laughs> I only fly in chinos and they're stained by the time I get up. There's a giant dark stain in the end bottom of them. Um, last thing here, my last pick. I was gonna pick the. I'm gonna pick my dog. I like my dog a good lot. Pick. Very good dog. But my sixth pick would have been the Jurassic Chump Blizzard from from Dairy Queen. Oh, it was the man, best Blizzard they've ever released. Uh, it's the little peanut butter cup bites, dark chocolate, and then they give it some chocolate ice cream. Oh my god, the Jurassic Park Chomp, one of the best uh, limited time offerings. I I, I want to do some Taco Bell, but their all their limits, their best limited time offers have all been pre twenty seventeen. Like breakfast was twenty fourteen. The, the Doritos Locos, no, not the Doritos Locos Taco. What's the one with the Fritos in it? Um, fuck. Oh, yeah, that was good. That one was yeah, really like the Locos like and the Fireys. That's back in like 2012. It was like the Crunch, right? It was like the Supreme Crunch or something. <clears throat> no, the one I was thinking was like it was like a small burrito, but it had Fritos in it. And I think it came out when I was in high school, but it was way too long ago. But still, that was that one was incredible. What's up, what's up with the grilled stuff, Nacho? Why are we not bringing that back? Bring that shit back, assholes. Gotta talk to Hank about that. What's like, what's going on with the lack of the grilled stuff, Nacho? 
By the way, I did. I, I I broke. I used one of my small cheats on like a bite of the uh, the triple stacker. Pretty good. That was tough. I had to take a bite. Couldn't eat the rest of it. That was that was a, a that was a real strength moment. Um, but That's it's very harsh. good. Yeah, that was that was tough. Uh, bring back the fucking grilled stuff nacho. That was me with the Panera Bread cookie this morning. Uh, I just took one bite and I was like, oh, no, I can't do any more of this. It'll be bad. It'll be a bad scene. It's a good cookie. I can't say it enough, folks. Subway's cookies aren't that bad. <laughs> They're pretty good, actually. <laughs> They're pretty good, yeah. I like it, man. Uh, okay, that's it. 300 episodes. We're done. It's been a good run, Never to return. That's it. We're all done. We're done. No more, no more <laughs> pause. We should make it to 300. That was the goal. We've done it. The sprint. We stayed together until the kids moved out. Um, now let's, 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 let's do a feud with each other. Let's do that. Start a podcast feud. I'm going to start a podcast. LCB with a Y. (laughs) Like TCBY, but LCBY. It's it's a frozen yogurt shop. (laughs) I I, I hate that that stands for the country's best yogurt. That bothers me. (laughs) I hate that. Like that, that's such a garbage acronym. Like that shouldn't, that shouldn't stand for something so much more. Do they still, are the TCBY still around? They still have. Yeah. Them? I Where? mostly see them in airports. That's a good market if you can get it. Like like I airport love their white chocolate mousse. Airports, yeah. My mostly yeah, there's mostly a lot airports. of a lot of desperate people in airports. That's just a good place to have business. How could T- TCBY just completely missed out on the the frozen yogurt? Like it really did, yeah. Re re up of the craze. Do you Trill? Do you have an opinion on a cold stone versus marble slab? No, they're the same thing. They take your ice cream and they roll in some gummy bears, and the gummy bears get hard, and you eat it. Like that. they are. There, is there any harder candy solid. to eat than, than gummy bears from Cold Stone or no, frozen gummy no. bear? The gummy bears just get inedibly hard, and then you just get this ice cream where you suck on the gummy bears long enough for them to warm up, and then eat them. They both you do swallow that. them whole. Same, same place. You get like an X-ray the next day. It's like, sir, you have like five bears stuck in your stomach, right in your colon. <laughs> You have five rocks in you? Oh, those are the gummy size. Do you think if you go to Marble Slab and say, I'll take a gotta have it size, they like correct you and be like, sir, we have large here. That's a good question. I feel like they just kick you out. There's Pull out, one, sir, this is, you have a gun. First time I ever had one, I think, was in was in Lake Tahoe. You just take a full gun out and they roll the ice cream in a gun and <laughs> they put it in an ice cream cup and you just get a gun in an ice cream cup with some ice cream on it. Culturally, Actually, sing to you though. I don't like that, dude. I, we're, we're like I, I, that's never happened to me. They absolutely sing to you. Well, maybe they do, but I just don't go. I don't go in them enough. I, I'm not a big utilizer of the the slab ice cream place. Oh my god, you okay? Yeah, it was a it was a yawn, and my brain is being depleted of uh, oxygen now. I might have lied. I can't find a cold stone or a marble slab in Lake Tahoe. I know I had one there. You should you should open up uh, like a, a dual cold marble slab restaurant, like a ten- Kentaco Hut. Yeah, and add a country best uh, yogurt too. Yeah, but it's just it's like dueling pianos. You just like you you walk in and you can select on the left Cold Stone, and then on the right is Marble Slab. Marble exactly. Slab's logo is garbage. That's its biggest problem. The the logo stinks. It's like fucking. It's like '90s clip art. I just, I just. Well, you, doesn't it look like a, a boardwalk taffy shop sign? Isn't that like? I think there's a marble slab at the, at the King of Prussia Mall. It looks almost like uh like a D three University uh, emblem or something. 
No, there isn't. Man, I'm just wrong on these things today. It's a shame. Oh, yeah, that's not great. It's a bad logo. Okay. I, I love to just say marble slab creamery, and you don't work a marble slab into your logo. It's a miss. Or creamery. It's just me. I just I just tweeted. I just tweeted about the grilled stuff, and somebody replied, that thing sucked. So I said, fuck off. Fuck you. Yeah, no, fuck that guy. I mean. Logan Roy, fuck off. <laughs> uh, trial of Chicago 7 on Thursday. We'll do best best Aaron Sorkin top top Aaron Sorkin top five draft top five Sorkinisms eight options yeah top five most pretentious Sir. podcast ever Sir. top five Sorkinisms while you were finding while you were flying the plane I just got word that Osama bin Laden was killed and I, it is my honor to present to you this news along with a brand new ice cream from Marble Slab Creamery Osama bin. Rhymes with Laden. Farden. Nice. With that one going ice cream, dude. That does rhyme. You're technically <laughs> oh, you think, correct. Yeah, like, I was thinking uh, of the menu. You said you said item. something new from Marble Sloop, so I was thinking you would do like a limited product offering that was Osama bin Laden related. Um, I don't know. What do you think Osama bin Laden liked? They were just covering his emails, and he was emailing. He's like, dude, I could really go for some vanilla ice cream. With, <laughs> with some gummy bears rolled into it. <laughs> uh, um, Osama bin Cobbin. <laughs> Frozen Cornin. Osama bin Slaba, my knob. Oh, I'm going to open up a granite slab creamery. <laughs> <laughs> Come to wood slab. Yeah, some sprinkles. There's some splinters in your food, but it's just, just seasoning. <laughs> It's just people rolling ice cream on like the dirtiest cast iron skillets you can find. (laughs) Makes just just, your ice cream tastes like Montreal steak seasoning. (laughs) That's such a just. I love that you use specifically Montreal steak seasoning because I see the emblem so clearly. (laughs) Montreal steak seasoning is the saltiest substance in the world. Oh my god! It's It's like like so concentrated. It's Montreal steak seasoning. I, I'm sorry if I'm offending. So if you put that shit on your steak, you should do a Photoshop. That's like a Montreal steak seasoning blizzard of the month from DQ. I'll make it. I'll make it. I'll make it right now. That'll be my next thing. It's just got a tea, It's got a mini T-bone sticking out of it. I'm sure someone smarter with food than me can give me a reason why Montreal steak seasoning is good, but I can't. I don't know what it is. It's like it's just a. It's. The second that the second <laughs> the second that steak hits your tongue, you're you're like fucking SpongeBob with no water. You shrivel you're, up. You're like a snail. You just shrivel <laughs> up. It's just MSG. nothing. <laughs> it's so fucking salty. Uh, all right. Sorkin on Thursday. That's it. Thanks for watching or listening. Whatever the fuck you do. Three hundred episodes. Ken, Jack, and Trom. Jeff, we'll talk to you next time. <laughs> we get the bucks up.